I always feel like my friends that like I like tell anything to that are if they're married, I always feel like their spouse must know everything. Oh yeah. So well. you know, and I'll like reference them. I'm like, well, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. And my friend's wife would be like, I don't. And I'm like, hey, you do. Don't <laughs> don't pretend. I know he told you. It's okay. I I go into this knowing. If I tell him, he tells you. Or if I tell her, he tells her. She tells her husband. That's it. See, my my approach to telling uh, friends secrets like that is like the guys in in the movie Heat, where they're like, "Look, if 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 you feel the heat <laughs> right around the corner, can you drop everything and just walk out? Because if you have a friends with a bunch of your secrets, you're like, can't stand that guy anymore, but he knows too much. <laughs> Got to keep him close." If he didn't know all this stuff, I'd totally never call him again. <laughs> Damn it. Randy Bauman and the DV. Hey, Happy New show. Year. Happy New Year. The DV Morning Show is back for 2018, which is great news. We just found oh, out a half house. hour ago, so we're all thrilled. <laughs> new Year, new us. That's right. That's right. New Full year. house, back in action today. Really, the same old stuff, different year, but. Our perspective, we've been uh, not, uh, we have not been together since uh, December 14th. So uh, it's nice to be back in studio and just, we're just going to, all we're doing is talking about what happened on December 15th. I figured that's the way. (laughs) Pick up where we left. Yeah, let's just attack it like that. Val's got news for you right now. What's happening? Yeah, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Wind chill advisory in effect. A cold day today. At least some sunshine as we go through the course of the day, especially this afternoon. High temperature 15. Wind chill below zero much of the day. Low temperature 5 tonight. Then increasing clouds tomorrow up to 24 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. Balmy tomorrow. It's 7 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. That brutal cold gripping. A big stretch of the U.S. and not going to go away for a while. Forecasters say the weather will get even colder across the Great Lakes in the northeast all the way into the weekend. To the south, hard freeze warnings are in effect from Texas to northern Florida and temperatures will stay 10 to 15 degrees colder than average across the southeast. More than 100 million people from Montana to Maine are under wind chill warnings and advisories today and that includes us so that has prompted many schools across western pennsylvania to delay classes some are anticipating that uh you know the two-hour delay really it's still going to be freezing in two hours so i'm not Mm -hmm. sure what that uh solves but physicians warn frostbite can set in with only 30 minutes of direct exposure at that wind chill which is going to be 15 below zero Uh, the wind chill advisory is in effect for much of the area until tomorrow afternoon Mother Nature's last little fu before the kids go back to school. Like, eh, let's give them two more hours at home to bug you. <laughs> really? <clears throat> yeah. We were really looking forward to sending the kids back. I mean, it's been a great vacation, obviously, but we're right. at school now. When did your kids finish? On the 22nd? Friday? I can't that even Friday. remember that far back. Yeah, it seems like forever. President Trump's vacation is over and it is back to business in Washington. Trump left his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida yesterday and returned to the White House where he's got a lot on his agenda for 2018. Congressional Republican leaders are expected to meet at least twice next week with Trump or senior White House officials as they look look to prioritize their legislative to-do list. He golfed for seven straight days. Well, he's got... uh drive i guess he's committed yeah he sticks to it i can't think of anything i'd want to do for seven straight days other than sleep (laughs) 
Did you get sleep over the break? I slept more as vacation went, which you would yeah. think would be the opposite. Yeah. Like you're so tired, you would sleep a ton, but I slept more. I think I slept 11 hours New Year's Eve. Oh, I'm so oh that's amazing. Yeah. I did not. I'm still hurting <laughs> from New Year's Eve. I can't get my body to sleep. Me neither. Like I didn't, I could not get a good night. I didn't get one night of sleep that I was like, yes. You don't, you don't like the uh, melatonin? I don't use the melatonin. You know what? And I forgot to do it. I was going to buy you guys lavender and chamomile tea over the break and I forgot. I'll get it today. Well, now you can It helps it. you sleep. No. I'm telling you, it'll help you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm dedicated to a January of wellness. Just January. Maybe a week. Uh, <laughs> so I'm up for anything. What do I do? Do I shoot that? How do sure, I yeah, 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 shoot that? Snort it, probably. <laughs> open the bag. Let's do a couple lines of lavender, guys. <laughs> All right. It's time to hit the hay. <laughs> Former Fox News co-host and Miss America 1989 Gretchen Carlson is the new chair of the Miss America Board of Directors. Carlson's election to lead the organization comes after the previous chairman and CEO resigned for exchanging sexist and crude emails. In a statement, Carlson said the scandal hasn't been easy for anyone who loves the organization, and she appreciates the board taking steps to stabilize things. Drinking hot tea on a daily basis may help prevent the development of glaucoma symptoms. A new study led by the UCLA researchers found people who drank a cup or more of hot caffeinated tea every day were 74% less likely to suffer from glaucoma than those who drank coffee, pop, or even iced tea. The World Health Organization says glaucoma, which can lead to blindness, affects more than 3 million Americans. Paul McCartney fans are hoping the Beatles legend is hinting he'll be releasing a new album this year. He is he 72? I think he's older than that. I think he's 73 or 74. Well, just before Christmas, McCartney answered some questions on his website. He was asked what he would like to achieve in 2018. He replied, quote, I'll probably be putting out a new album. I mean, no big big, deal. Yeah, no big deal. He went on to say he was uh, putting the finishing touches to it now. He said the upcoming album will be released by Capitol Records with whom he signed a new deal last August. Pearl Jam bassist Jeff Ahmed is confirming the band is indeed working on a new album. In a recent interview, he revealed the group members have been in writing mode in Seattle the last couple of months. He said a typical day is getting together with anywhere from one to four of the guys and making music. The band's next studio effort will be its first album since 2013's Lightning Bolt. And finally, Aerosmith will soon be announcing a residency in Las Vegas. Guitarist Joe Perry broke the news during a recent interview with the NBC affiliate in Boston, saying it will happen in the fall. Should it come together, Aerosmith joins a Las Vegas residency list that includes Elton John, Rod Stewart, Santana, Def Leppard, Journey, Chicago, The Moody Blues, Kiss, Sticks, Don Felder, Joe Walsh, and John Fogarty. Powers of B at Caesars Palace are in talks with the Who to replace Elton John when his million-dollar piano residency winds up in April. It's probably a smart wow. idea for older guys who maybe don't, don't want to travel. Right, don't want to. You come to us. Rate. Right. Our knees hurt. <laughs> Sunny today, 15 for the high. Wind chills all day below zero, dropping to five degrees overnight tonight. It's six degrees now at DVE. 15 for the high. high. Ugh. Oof. Sounds terrible. It is the DVE Morning Show. Good morning, everybody.
Welcome to 2018, uh, which promises to be a great one. I've been told that. The president said so, so you have to, he never lies. Coming up later this morning, Cam Hayward, 745, talking Steelers. They get to buy a nice uh, effort by the uh, The JV squad, by the the, uh, scout team to ensure the Browns get an 0-16 season. That uh, that that was like one sort of uh, you know consolation to that game, I guess, because it ended up not meaning anything. But at least it meant the Browns didn't have a win, and that's impressive. I mean, they really had to try to lose that game. <laughs> they did it. Don't you feel a little bad for them? No, no, I, I don't. Do. Why? <laughs> I just. They're so bad. They're they're really just so bad. I mean, they would do good like at the end of the game. The quarterback, Kaiser, that's yeah. Deshaun Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Yep. Breaks out of a an almost definite sack. I mean, scrambles he's down. around. Scrambles, Makes a great play. Great pass. Right through the guy's hands. Stone hands. I'm like, oh, they do something right, and then they do something. They did off, like they did ball. that like five times <laughs> yeah. during the game. They would get off the field on third down. They'd be like, "Wait a minute, flag, penalty, first down." Yeah. Oh, the Browns. Uh, I, I did feel bad for them. The clock is running down in the first quarter. He Although, calls a timeout. Like you idiot. <laughs> they still got a couple long plays off on the. I don't defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hey, hey, they were they were fighting for pride there. I uh, I think I was like most Steeler fans when I saw was it Campbell said who dropped the ball? Uh, Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. He when he dropped the ball, uh, my reaction as a Steeler fan was not yeah. My reaction was. Oh, and sixteen. Look, until we beat the Patriots, you know, once we get past the Patriots, I'll probably have more magnanimous, you know, attitude towards the Browns. Like, well, you know, maybe a move here or there. They'll be very close to becoming competitive again. It's a tricky sport. But for now, I'm going to take, you know, things like this. I'm going to revel in this in the small little uh, Pyrrhic victories like this. It's an accomplishment. And they've. They, they, I mean, they, their coach is one in thirty-one, or whatever the they've hell. They've been so bad for so long. They're getting great draft picks, right? Yeah, they've had like so, the number one pick for a decade. How can they still be so bad? Turns they, out the number one pick is not where you want to be. Nope. The Browns have proved that uh, above and beyond anything. I mean, are they going to take Baker Mayfield number one overall? Well, did you watch that game last night? Yeah. One of the most exciting Rose Bowls since the last one. Uh, that was a hell of a game last night in Baker Mayfield. Becomes a meme. Humble yourself. Used to be treat yourself. Now it's humble yourself. That's it for, I like that for 2018. By the way, that should be the 2018 like, mo, like motto slogan for the world. Humble yourself. That's what we're going to do here on DVE. Hey, look, the Browns are going to have a parade next week. Well, it's. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah but it's being thrown uh, to celebrate O and 16, and they're going to co- form a big O around 
the stadium, and I think it's sponsored by Excedrin or something like that, like a headache company, right? They're not going to just walk right into the lake, are they? (laughs) I call it a headache company. Um, You know, the the headache company. The headache fixers, people. (laughs) They sit in their board meetings and, damn it, gentlemen, come up with better headaches. That would be funny if they just all marched right into the river. (laughs) (laughs) They're just holding all of their Browns gear above their head. Waiting in because you know, was somebody was at the tailgate with one of those Browns jerseys with the quarterback when they have like the scratch out and yeah. then another quarterback. I mean, they're going to need like a tuxedo jacket with the tails. Oh yeah, it's getting so bad. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, so lots to get to today. You know, we weren't uh, together on the air when the James Harrison thing went down. Some thoughts on that later. I was stuck in that eerie. Snowmageddon. Yeah, what was that I'll like? Tell you what that was all about. It was different, and uh, which is a really good way to spend the holiday. By the way, trapped Christmas Day with both of your parents stuck in their respective homes, saying, "Who's going to come get me?" And we have to explain to them, um, "The National Guard, right?" Because we can't. And that was not a good answer. So we figured it out, but it sucked. It was beautiful, and it but it was too cold. Like you couldn't go out and enjoy mm-hmm. eight feet of snow. It <laughs> right? It would, you know, it's like how many inches did you guys end up with? Because it was 80. over seven 50. feet or something. You I... had eighty from the twenty fourth. Eighty twenty fourth to the thirtieth. You got eighty inches, and when I got there on Christmas Eve, was when it started raining or snowing rather, and. Uh, that was the first blast, which was 50 inches in, like, oh 30 hours. Yeah, and the, there were 19 overnight. Was it Christmas night to mm-hmm. the, the 26th? Yeah. That was the one. It was stupid. So uh, I'll tell you what it was like <laughs> to live in the tundra for the holiday. Billy Gardell recaps his holiday for us as well, and uh, Tim Benz with his take on the Steelers postseason here and the playoff picture. Mike Pursuit will have more on that coming up on the hour. Well, I'm talking about Paul McCartney. Play a little Paul get us going on 18. DVE. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I've got a feeling, a feeling I can't hide. Oh, no. No. Oh, no.
hard year Everybody had a good time Everybody had a wet dream Everybody saw the sunshine Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah Everybody had a good year Everybody let the hair down Everybody pull the socks up Everybody put the food down Oh yeah DVE Morning Show. Hey, uh, Workforce Cash is back. Listen for the next keyword and your chance to win $1,000 every hour from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. right here on DVE. 1000 bucks every hour could be yours. Keep your ears peeled for that. Is Mike in? We have Mike? All right. Mike Pursuit. Full house. Full house today. Mike's got your sports when we return, uh, as promised a little bit later on this morning. Cam Hayward, Tim Benz, Billy Gardell. How Bill's fans are contributing to Andy Dalton's charity and why. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, also, New York Gym offering naked fitness classes for, to uh, open the new oh. year. I have some problems mm. with that. I'll that explain. does not sound like a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, men's Health has uh, forecast 2018's sex trends. Those are also disconcerting. A new app <laughs> on your phone that tests your sperm count. Again, I'm... Uh, <laughs> This is going to coordinate with that whole gym conversation I was going to yeah. have. And uh, also, how a guy is blaming the Browns for his death. <laughs> That's on the way. DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta back with sports in 2018 here on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. we got playoffs to look forward to. Happy New Year. Playoffs. Happy New Year. Get a week to watch. Find out who ends up. Coming to the Berg in a couple of weeks. It's nice. The NFL postseason is set. Coming up on Saturday, Tennessee at Kansas City at 420, followed by Atlanta against Los Angeles at 815. On Sunday, Buffalo's at Jacksonville at 105, and Carolina visits New Orleans at 440. The Steelers, believe it or not, will play Sunday, January the 14th at 105 p.m. Beautiful. Awesome. A Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock game in the playoffs. I would have loved a Saturday night game, but Sunday one o'clock is probably better. Yeah, I've had enough night games. Yeah, well, yeah. I can... 2017 gave me plenty <laughs> of those. I'd like four in a row. I like 2018 the way it's trending so far. Good Sunday at one o'clock. Keep it going. Uh, we'll see what uh, what happens if the chalk holds. Uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville are going to win on the AFC side, and then it'll be a couple of rematches. Kansas City going uh, to New England and. Jacksonville coming to Pittsburgh, and I would expect that uh, New England and Pittsburgh would win, and then we'll see what we see in that Patriots rematch 
that we're all waiting for. Of course, a lot of stuff has to happen between now and then, but a lot of stuff has happened already. And to kick things off here in 2018, I want to present the perspective of one Joe Hayden, who got to play against his former team again when the Steelers completed the regular season with that 28-24 win over the Cleveland Browns. Hayden got to go out for the coin toss because Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Hayward weren't dressed because they were protecting guys from injury, as they should have. So Hayden got to be there for the coin flip, and he got to be on the field at the end of the game when the defense sealed the deal, right? Now, the guy dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the other way it worked out, the defense sealed the deal. So I wanted to talk to Joe Hayden about all that after the game, but Joe Hayden wanted to talk about something else entirely. I'm just really excited to be here. It's not even about Cleveland anymore. It's just about my new situation. And I'm very, very happy, extremely blessed to be where I'm at right now. Um, so I don't take it for granted at all. And I'm just just soaking it all up. Yeah, listen to a guy who's never been to the playoffs before about how much he appreciates being in the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. But they just went 13-3. I know. And That's his just, former team went 0 for the season. Yeah. But 13-3 should not be taken for granted. I know Steelers fans feel like that they have that coming every year. You don't. That was a hell of a season. And maybe they win it all and maybe they don't. But, wow, was that fun. Well, and you know, Mike, uh, it was a drama-filled season. You could not have asked for more entertaining football storylines. I mean, the, To the very end. The subplots right down <laughs> past James Harrison's ignominious departure. It yeah, was, that one's still going on. It was riddled with ig- ignominy. Yes. <laughs> Which makes it ignominious. Yes. No, it was, it was, uh, it was, it's been quite a ride, and uh, there's, there's more important stuff you know, yet to be attained, but 13-3 and three is not something you should just, oh, okay. Fire Tomlin. Uh, yeah. I, Undefeated in the AFC North. Yeah. It's impressive. Tied the Bears and the Jaguars with that undefeated record in the AFC North. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> wonder if they're printing shirts. We don't have the head-to-head on those. So they're they going to print shirts that say Bears, Jags, and Steelers run the North. I like it. <laughs> I'd wear it. Now the playoffs coming. That's what a lot of people have been waiting a long time for around here, including rookie outside linebacker T.J. Watt. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm excited to have these two weeks to kind of really reflect and look at film um, from a broader standpoint and, and see who we play, and let's get after it. See, uh, TJ's excited. That's excited, TJ. I don't know if you can tell the difference. But he's pumped because he gets two weeks to look at film now instead of just one. The football guy. That's the cool stuff about the playoffs, man. You can study more. You can prepare harder. Well, yeah, but you don't know who you're playing, so you have to study Uh, for two teams or three teams, really. Yeah, I guess. Got a good idea who you're going to see. For the first week. I'll be boning up on those Jags. but uh, More than likely, right? So they play the highest-seeded team Left. left. Yes. Of the weekend games, which are Jags, Bills, and Chiefs, Tennessee, correct? Yes. And uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City are hosting. Okay. And I, I still don't know how Buffalo got in. I mean, I understand this. You know, Cincinnati beat the Ravens. I, I don't get the Bills' presence in the postseason, but yeah, good for them. It's been 35 years or whatever it's been. And uh, Yeah, they started <laughs> Nate Peterman a, a few games this year. And they still got in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that should eliminate you once you make that decision, let alone watching them. Place. Yes, they've got uh, to be thrilled that uh, Frank Wycheck and Kevin Dyson aren't in the league anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I, I a chance. Tennessee's a decent team, but I, I don't think uh, in Kansas City's class in terms of explosiveness and ability to keep up in what would probably be uh, an offensive game, at least on the Chiefs' part. 
Steelers, I mentioned a lot of guys didn't play. Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger, Dave DeCastro, Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey, all those guys. Mike Tomlin just put them in the bubble wrap and kept them on the shelf. Uh, Antonio Brown still working his way back. But uh, Cam Hayward isn't worried about uh, Rust being a potential factor in the postseason, and he's a pretty good – he has a pretty good idea why it won't be. i still been practicing, so it's not like I've just been taking time off. I just didn't play in a game. But, uh, you know – my practice is not going to change. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to hustle to the ball. But we have multiple guys that are going to do that. Uh, I don't think Russ is going to set in because we know what we got to do. Yeah, they're treating this week like a game week. They're going to practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday like they normally do, and then they just won't do anything over the weekend. Uh, what are they going to do in the postseason? What's going to happen? What are they capable of? Uh, William Gay wasn't saying, but he was hinting. I don't, I don't know. Um, all I know is we ready for it. And then you just, in the single elimination game, you just got to let the uh, chips fall with it, man. Yeah, when you get through that last cliche, the first part of that, we're ready for it. That's all you can ask, right? They're not going to be at 100% because they don't have Ryan Shazier, but they should have just about everybody else. And they played without Shazier for a month now, so they know how to do that, what works and what doesn't. I think they're over the emotional blow that that has been watching him come to the games and watching from the suite instead of being down there with him. At- Mike, I, you know, forgive me if this is going over a well-worn t- territory as we've been out for a couple weeks, but did you see Harrison's departure having sort of a compounded effect because of the Ryan Shazier injury? No, I, I, we actually haven't gone over that because we haven't been here. Um you're talking about the Fuhrer and everybody uh, MFing him uh, yeah. in retrospect. I think it's because he signed with New England. Uh, the stories came out, and I'm sure everybody's heard about, you know, sleeping in the meetings. And uh, mm-hmm. I was told by one player that when he found out he wasn't playing in Cincinnati, he left. Just left the stadium. He left the town. He came back to Pittsburgh on the, before that December 4th game. Um, he wanted out. He's wanted out for a long time. His side of it is. They told him they're going to have a role for him, and it just never materialized. Uh, he got in a little bit in the Kansas City game, a little bit in the Baltimore game. That's basically about it. And he wanted out, and they finally cut him. Um, I, I think everybody was fine with it until he signed with the Patriots. I talked to a couple guys in Houston after that game on Christmas. He had been cut the day, the Saturday before. Christmas was a Monday, right? Yeah. So that was that was my first exposure to the players. After he had been cut, and everybody before he had been signed by New yes, England. Pouncey called him a legend. He said, "Oh, this sucks, but it's the NFL. It's you know, I could get cut tomorrow. It's way to, he's he's a great legend." And then when he signed with the Patriots, he was persona non grata because they don't like the Patriots very much. They're like everybody else in that regard. New England, well, Harrison New Eng- didn't like the Patriots, yeah. So they offered him a job. Does that? Yeah. In your eyes, is his legacy tainted here? Not to me. I think people will get over it. Still the sack leader. Um, well, it depends. He if sacks. they win, what do they do in the postseason? I think that has a huge part to play in this. Yeah, he sacks Ben Roethlisberger and you know, strip yeah. sack. It doesn't change Tampa, right? Guy authored the greatest play in Super Bowl history. I agree. And he did it in a Steelers uniform, and it was essential to winning a Super Bowl. He helped them win one before that. Um Franchise sack leader. He's a defensive player of the year. He's an all-pro. And he beyond all that, he was this larger-than-life, uniquely intimidating presence that there just aren't a lot of guys like that anywhere at any given time. 
and they thrived on that for a long time. And, you know, then it, if you're going to be the biggest, baddest cat in the jungle, you can't expect that guy to put his arm around a rookie and whisper in his ear, lift your weights, eat your Wheaties. Right. You know, the mentoring thing. I know that's a Steelers tradition. And, by the way, he says he helped T.J. Watt, if you saw his Instagram. Uh, you know, Ryan Shazier says he didn't. Or not Ryan Shazier. Uh, Bud Dupree says he didn't. Harrison says he did. T.J. wouldn't talk about it when I asked him about it last Friday. Uh, um, when I asked T.J. about it at camp, Slack, could you find that one? Because I asked him about being mentored by him, and it was, uh, if I remember correctly, a sort of non-committed, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's doing that. Just his presence. I think it was, didn't we ask him something about working out too? Because I was like, anytime you hit the gym, is Debo already in there? Yeah, I don't know. I think we were kind of in awe of the Debo workout videos. I mean, I'm, I, I, I hate this storyline is playing out. To me, this is like, this was more reason to stay off social media over the break. The fallout from this potentially to me is that he helps New England. I understand why he's not starting in Pittsburgh. I think they could have found 10, 12 snaps a game. For yeah, him. I don't know why they did I think he would have been all right with that. And what you've done now is similar to what you did with LeGarrette Blunt. You've cut a guy who has the potential to help significantly your most hated rival in the team that's in your way trying to get where you want to go. So I'm not sure that was the smartest thing to do in retrospect. But I, I asked one person in the uh, front office who's uh, pretty high up in the food chain off the record, what if James Harrison makes the Patriots better? And the response I got was, what if he makes them worse? So they're pretty sure he can't play. He definitely can't play in the system that they want their outside linebackers to right. play in, which involves a great deal of dropping into coverage and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was also curious. I'd have shelved him personally. I, uh, so would I. If I if I was I'm not go, letting I'd him go anywhere, suspended him, just kept doing what I was doing. You got through the whole season with him bitching. It didn't stop you from being thirteen and three. Yep. I wouldn't have made that uh, available on the open market. But uh, he did play. According to the game book, uh, seven special team snaps for the Jets, I want, or it, for the Patriots in the Jets game. I wonder what those were as. If they had them be Field a bl- goal block. blocker on the place kick team or something. I don't know, but that was one of the things they said here. Well, we can't we can't play him because he doesn't play teams, so you can't dress him, and then he's got to go. And uh, Belichick is, uh, I suspect, going to find a way to use him. We'll see what he's got left in the tank. It's going to be just even more fascinating than that Steelers Patriots thing is. <sighs> destined to be. All right, Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Val. We're going to talk about uh, some encouraging developments from people who made a big New Year's resolution last year. Cam Award 745 TV. Yeah, the DVE morning show back 2018. Uh, now, the Steelers, of course, finished their season. I'm still – the James Harrison thing is not sitting well with me. No. I'm uh, having a tough time figuring out how that all went down the way it it's did. It's given me an ulcer. I am trying to look at it pragmatically and think, well, he couldn't even get on the field here. He must have. Yeah, but he still could have acted like a pro. Oh No, I'm pissed at him. I'm, yes. I'm – I'm not happy that we released him right. and gave him what he wanted because now oh, it's not even about what he could do for the Steelers. It's what he could potentially do for the Patriots. Right. That team. That team? 
Anybody but that team. I didn't really. I tried to unplug from social media as much as I could over the break because it's killing me slowly. And I was just trying to delay the death grip that it has on me. And it was nice. Lovely. But, of course, when James Harrison, when that goes down, when he got cut, I thought, well, they're going to bring him back. This is a roster thing. So I didn't want to look into it any more than that. I thought, ah, they'll pick him up Tuesday. No big whoop. Then, of course, he signs with the Patriots, and I felt like I was watching the like the election unfold all over again on <laughs> social media. Like, no, 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 no. How? How? Them? How can we be this dumb? Uh, and then you're like, well, uh, both sides are to blame here. Both sides are to blame. It was, the, in my mind, going through that all over again, I didn't want to do it, so I've just sort of put it out of my... Like sights putting your fingers and, in your ears la, yes la, 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 la. <laughs> until i had to address it yesterday basically well depth. did you see and the game on sunday he had two sacks a strip all right sack hold and on he had two sacks five tackles at the end of the game against jets scrubs i don't care how many sacks did bud dupree have against the browns oh look none he didn't even get on the stat sheet I it am. bothers me i'm not saying he should have started here i'm just saying what are we going to say when he actually does it in a playoff game? When he stops us from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. have Slack. Make sure that Bill's mic, in our headset, Bill's mic is breaking up. I want to make sure that's not happening going over the air. Okay. Uh, so, speaking of that Browns game, Bill, this is how it ended. Shotgun. For Kaiser, gets the snap on fourth down. He's jostled in the pocket. He's hit and he gets out. And he throws it down the field and it's caught for oh, the first down. It. He oh, missed it. Oh, it was thrown for Coleman. Coleman. And at the 10-yard line, the 11-yard line, he just didn't catch the ball oh. in front of Artie Burns. And that will be oh. ball over on down. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, Alf. Uh, so, kid. yeah. Oh, and 16 for the Browns. Oh, and 16. And now a Cleveland Brown fan who, uh, who who passed away, he's blamed his death on the Browns. Paul Stark. This ad ran in the Sandusky Register. Now, this would have been before the Steelers beat them. Um, well, at least he didn't have to see that. He didn't have to see the full 0 and 16, but he still blamed them for his untimely death. Uh, Paul Stark passed away. This is what his obit read. Paul Stark passed away December 27th, 2017. Complications from a brief illness. Exacerbated by the hopeless condition of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> at They're Stein killing Hall. people. Uh, this Sandusky. Guy's great sense of humor. <laughs> How about that? Paul passed just before the Browns were prepared to turn the corner. But had, went, had many well-earned blessings. Paul Believed in paying it forward, and the goodwill he leaves behind will endure long after he's gone. Nice guy. At least he didn't have to see the Steelers beat them and uh, ensure their winless <laughs> 2017 effort. So now Hugh Jackson, who blames all the players, won't take any responsibility. He's getting excoriated in Cleveland. He or well, he's sticking around though. He's got job security. He hasn't gotten fired yet. One and thirty-one, and he said, you know. I'm proud of what we accomplished. I don't think a lot of other people could have accomplished this, <laughs> which I agree with. I don't think a lot of people could have won just the one game in two years. 
with nine number one draft choices. <laughs> I mean, it seems like they have a pick every other pick. So, again, every time I make fun of the Browns, I'm looking at it like I'm avoid. I'm avoiding looking into the abyss that is the Patriots' dominance of the Steelers. We're the capital, so they're Penguins. We need to put the Maloik on Tom Brady. He's cheating. They, you know, maybe he's that good. Sure. May, he, he, greatest of it's all 40, time. right? It's Spygate 2.0. Now they have a human spy. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, James. Yeah. Appreciate that. Are you hearing that, Slack? That, that was, he pounded on the table. Yeah, that, I did that. What the hell is going on here? That sounds like someone's going. It happens every time somebody with one of those mics pounds ah, the table. Ah, okay. Good Lord. Let's get it together. All right. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year. We're rolling into 18. Rolling, rolling, rolling. This is uh, my 19th year doing this. Congratulations. Wow. Starting this is the 19th time I've kicked off a new year on DVE. Wow. How does it feel? 19. And then, and then, and then, and then 19. 19. Harold Faltermeyer style. Uh, feels feels early. Bill, feels early. I would have you've been there. Cake. You've been here for 15 of them. All, I think all but one, really. Well, yeah, you've been here. You were here before me, but you no, were doing I, the morning no, show for 17. I think you were only on for one, like a year oh, and a really? half. Oh, really? A year and a half. Yeah, so congratulations to you. How do you like that? <laughs> well, make us all a cake then. Yeah, why don't you make yourself a cake? What do you got going on? <laughs> and then I think Mike came a year and a half after I did. Oh, Roughly. Right, right, make him a cake. And I've so. been here for a year. And you can't not get Bill something. So That's, Well, he gets to cake en- him. enjoy the spoils <laughs> of the cake. Of our cakes. Oh, I think this is trickle down cake economics. I want to say my sixth. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, speaking of New Year's and resolutions. Uh, one couple made a big New Year's resolution last year, and it maybe it'll offer you some encouragement. So uh, we'll talk about that. Can I tell you the worst thing about being stuck in Erie, Pennsylvania? <laughs> yes, over, please. Do. Over the eighty-inch onslaught that they had, you couldn't order pizza. Yeah, you were nothing. You could. You just. Whatever you had, and there was plenty. I mean, yeah, were people prepared and hungry? There was, there was culinary boredom. <laughs> That's how advanced of a society we are. The worst thing that happened was... Uh, are we, you starving? No, I'm just... My mouth is bored. I'm just sick of eating ham. <laughs> how many things can we make from ham? Not to mention, you can't Go out escape. and forth the driveway. No, yeah, that, and that's just it. I well, mean, then the other thing, too, I thought of, where do you put all the snow? If you have to shovel no. your driveway and your sidewalk, where do you put all Great of that? Great question. Great question. About right in your neighbor's yard, if you can. You know, <laughs> it's really the best place for it. I saw them it. on the news last night. They, they were lifting snow off of the shopping plaza mm-hmm. roofs with a huge crane mm-hmm. and a tarp. Yeah. It was brutal. It was the dumbest thing. And then driving around on the roads was like driving in Beirut because all the roads turned into... You know, a four-foot packed ice, like potholes of ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, just, oh. and then there'd be divots that you know went down different depths. So you were just bouncing around, you know, just sucked. That part of it sucked, but it was funny because they, you know, at first everybody up there was like, "Yeah, we're used to this. We're eerie," you know, for the first thirty inches, and fifty more later, they're like, you know, no mas. <laughs> I actually wanted to drive up there, but I saw all the roads were closed. And 
Yeah, the National Guard was there. Why would you want to drive up I there? I wanted I could, to just see it. You just wanted to see what a lot be, of snow and miserable people look and... like and a bunch of stir-crazy kids. Nothing was open. Like, oh, let's take the kids to the uh, Y or something. No. Nope. No. Nope. Close. Well, let's How get Lake and take, take them to the mall. Clap. Well, I mean, you know, if you had a four-wheel drive and you drove slow, you could get through stuff. But nothing was open. No. Milk Creek Mall closed. You Twice. were telling me Twice. The, the day after <laughs> Christmas, right? Yeah. The mall closed the day after Christmas. That's, That's such bad. a huge day of shopping. Yeah. Humongous. And it was just, I mean, people were stir crazy. All you could do was drink all day. I mean, all we did was drink all day. Good excuse <laughs> to binge on Netflix. Not when there's 10 people in the house. You can't decide on anything. Right. There's a lot, especially when, you know, there's little kids. So there's like only a certain, you know. Did you hammer threshold. out a couple seasons of Paw Patrol or <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> Don't tell me what happens. <laughs> uh, Cam Hayward's coming on the show. It's 745 this morning. Tim Benz talking Steelers and Billy Gardell returns. If you're at a Steeler game, I mean, look. As long as you didn't get a backsplash. No, you can't, no, you can't wash your hands in there. They get Why dirtier. Not? peeing in the sink. They get dirtier, yeah. Somebody's peeing in the sink? Usually, Bill. Yes, Val. Why are people peeing in the sink? Because there's 7,000 of them, and they all have to beer pee at the same you time. You should not pee in the sink. That Ever. Should the official, I mean, that's not... The official stance of the DV morning <laughs> show. We have to you say should that? not pee in the sink. Yeah. Because we we're going to get a call signs. from the Steelers, and they're going to be like, can you stop telling people to pee in the sink, Crawford? Yeah, don't pee in the sink. I don't think I ever said that. You were kind you, of... You need to have that, that round sign with the line through. Yes. And a sink. Oh, just have somebody's wang in a sink? Yes. And a, no. Don't do this. <laughs> don't put your wiener in the sink. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Boy, Show. If you saw that sign, you'd have to think to yourself, well, the new Ghostbusters looks terrible. <laughs> Val's got news for you. It's 2018, folks. If you didn't hear, we did uh, flip the clock. It's 2018, the calendar, the what, whatever. You know, we flipped to everything. It. Yeah, we're back at it. Val has a bigger scarf for 2018. She's Dude, ready to I'm, go. It's freezing, so mm-hmm. I'm, it is very chilly. I have tights on under my jeans. Minus eight. So do I. <laughs> uh, in uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, wait, it's, is that according to CBS this morning? The wind chill, yeah, minus 31 in Iowa. Yeah, the wind chills last night were minus eight. I know that it was it was brutal last night. Bring your pets inside. Uh, yeah, bring every bring it all inside. Just stay inside. Tuck everything in. Can we do the show <laughs> from inside? We are inside. It's actually uncharacteristically very warm in here today. It won't be outside that door though. Yeah, you go out of, out of here and it's just it's a, a deep freeze. The tundra. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back at it. Big show. Cam Hayward, seven forty-five. Tim Benz talking Steelers. Billy Gardell uh, recounts his New Year and uh, Christmas holiday. That'll be after nine o'clock. And Val's got news for you right now. And tons of delays and cancellations today. Yeah, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Wind chill advisory in effect. A cold day today, at least some sunshine as we go through the course of the day, especially this afternoon. High temperature 15, wind chill below zero much of the day. Low temperature of 5 tonight, then increasing clouds tomorrow up to 24 degrees. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It is 5 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The man who killed a Colorado sheriff's deputy live-streamed his attack on officers online. Denver TV stations KDVR and KUSA acquired video yesterday of Matthew Reel as he fired 100 rounds at officers Sunday morning. A Douglas County Sheriff's 
Sheriff's deputy was killed. Real was killed in the shootout in an apartment complex in that Denver suburb. The former Aspenwall man under arrest in Virginia in a terror-related FBI investigation is due in court today. Sean Andrew Duncan was arrested Friday night in Sterling, Virginia during a raid which led to him being accused of obstructing the investigation. The FBI apparently started investigating the convert to Islam after a family member told the Bureau that Duncan had possibly been radicalized and approved of Westerners being beheaded. Pittsburgh's first baby of the new year is a little girl. Eleanor Rose Hanshu was born yesterday morning at 317 at West Penn Hospital in Bloomfield. Uh, congratulations to the a parents. Bloomfield baby. Yeah, she's the fourth child in her family, joining two sisters and a brother. According, he went right down to Tesaro's. <laughs> Got the barnyard special. According to a new study, women are totally into muscular guys. Researchers had women rating photos of men and found that overwhelmingly guys with Big pecs and strong shoulders got the highest marks. The women in the study were also attracted to tall men and lean men, but strength was a bigger deal to them. So I don't know if that's New Year's resolution you made to get in better shape, but this study says you should probably do that. Well, Double double my shoulder reps this year. (laughs) Two things. One, wearing boots, very good for for dudes for heights. Uh, I I constantly, every year, I, I love how people are like, man, you're tall. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm never. I'm never reminding people. Yeah, I'm just wearing boots. They're about <laughs> that much higher. Thanks. I'm very tall. That's how I am. I'm wearing wedges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes you think about it. Like, boy, I wish I maybe Tom Cruise is onto something. <laughs> Imagine how big his boots are. Oh my god. He was well, looking Gene Simmons picture? walking around in the. You know. I forget what movie they were filming, but Robert De Niro was walking through Central Park on these huge platform shoes. Yeah. To make him look taller? That. Yeah, because he's <laughs> playing the mobster uh, who's like much taller than the Al Pacino mobster. The two of them. It's a Scorsese, another mobster movie from Scorsese. And to those people who are like, haven't we seen enough? No. Nope. More mobster movies with Scorsese directing De Niro and Pacino. Wearing platform shoes. In AP. <laughs> yeah, but uh, getting back into shape, that whole thing, you know? First of all, oh, I'm so fat right now. It's like, <laughs> I, gave, I just quit. At one point, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I, well, I, I, I just gave know. in. Everybody does. How can yeah. you avoid it over the holidays? I, I gave in. It was just like, you know what? F it. I'm eating fudge at midnight. You can't go to a party it. and say, um, I, I'm not eating. You can, more. but then everyone's like, you're right. a jerk. <laughs> right. You know? Like, I'm yeah. not, you know what? I've just Downer. had so many sweets. Well, then shut up. Just say, nah, it's a handful. Ah, what's 10 more cookies? Right. Oh, yeah. The wheels were completely off the and operation. And now... The Christmas candy is on sale, half price. <laughs> yeah, no thanks on the candy part. But I did. I tried to do a uh, uh, cut myself off on Christmas, the day after Christmas, on cookies. No way. Because I'm like, if I can just, if I can just stop on the 26th, it's like five days of not having sugar. You know, like before I come back to work, like that shouldn't be too bad. But then I was stuck in a blizzard and it couldn't go anywhere and there's just boxes of cookies. You're like, no, whatever, I'm bored. I'm going to house like four (laughs) (laughs) no-bakes. Well, speaking of those resolutions, now is the time everybody gets into them and maybe this will be incentive uh, and offer some encouragement. One year ago, 27-year-old Lexi Reed of Terre Haute, Indiana, weighed 485 pounds. Her 29-year-old husband, Danny, weighed 280 pounds. They were both understandably concerned about their physical condition and made a New Year's resolution last year. 
to lose weight and reclaim their health. Lexi and Danny then proceeded to spend the last 12 months eating right and exercising, and together they lost more than 400 pounds. Wow. Lexi now weighs 179. Danny weighs in at 191. They're both quite excited about their improved health and uh, also say the way their lives have improved is incredible. They're doing things like canoeing and biking and traveling, things that just weren't possible for them before. And as an added bonus, because they shared this mission uh, together to get physically active, it's brought them even closer personally and emotionally. I'd imagine canoeing's big on the list of obese people activities they they can't wait to do. Yeah, you know we could actually get in the canoe. We can get instead in the of filling it with nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, gravy boat doesn't have to actually be a boat this year. <laughs> we can fit in the boat. We can fit in the boat. Go for a little canoe. <laughs> I can't. I'm too fat to canoe right now. <laughs> well, a pair of sexed up South Carolinians ended up behind bars after they flagged down a police officer for help. The help they needed was in negotiating a prostitution deal gone wrong. Robert Sarter Jr. and Kimberly Moore were both taken into custody after she ran up to a passing patrol car outside a gas station. She told the officer that Sarter was refusing to cough up the 150 bucks he owed her for an erotic encounter. Before suffering buyer's remorse, the 64-year-old Sarter told deputies that he picked more up because she was messaging him on Facebook and did admit that he offered her 150 bucks, adding that he bought her some new clothes at the dollar store. The guy was they wearing... They sell clothes at the dollar store? I guess. The guy was uh, only wearing boxer shorts and carrying a sex toy and said the much younger Moore was the one who owed him money for driving her around and asked police to decide which of them was in the right. He also asked them to keep the arrest quiet because his wife didn't know about his extra activities that he goes out and does. That was a quote from the police report. So I'd like to keep this a surprise. Doesn't seem like honey. I'm just running into the store. Why are you only wearing boxers and have a dildo in your hand? (laughs) Hmm? What? Because I'm going to Walmart. Just oh, it's my Walmart attire. In music news, the Rolling Stones are teasing that they are ready to reveal 2018 tour plans. On New Year's Eve, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's official Twitter wished everyone a rockin' New Year's Eve and added, we'll see you in 2018. No formal announcement has been made, nor has there been any word of a return to the U.S. or elsewhere, but fans in the U.K. have strong reason to expect some new dates. Rumors have been swirling the band might be headlining this year's Nebworth Festival, though promoters have refused to comment. And David Bowie's official website and social media accounts are hinting at a possible Let's Dance album reissue. On Christmas Day, a nine-second snippet of music featuring graphics from his 1983 Let's Dance album appeared across Bowie's social media sites. The only words that accompanied the music and image were Listen to Me and Hashtag Bowie Teaser. Let's Dance was originally released in April of 1983 and was reportedly sold over 10 million copies worldwide. Sunny, 15 degrees for the high today, but wind chills will be below zero. It'll drop to five overnight tonight. That wind chill advisory continues through tomorrow. It's six degrees now at DVE. Yeah, it's the DVE morning show. We got Cam Hayward coming up at 745 this morning. I do want to talk to him about, well, myriad of things including the james harrison saga now because we haven't had a chance to talk about it i know the town's been kind of going crazy i've been hearing oh yeah i heard madden's just been tearing them apart of course Uh, what he's tearing james harrison apart yeah yeah uh it seems like people were pretty emotional about that understandably how could you not be i uh i still am a little pissed about how it all went down 
I asked, as a Steeler fan, I have the irrational and rational, you know, mindset that I try to balance all the time. The irrational part of me just wanted to like do the Tasmanian devil spin, like what, what are you doing, and just freak how out. Could yeah. you? Anybody asked, but them. Yeah, Mike and I were on the day after Christmas, and that rumors had already been swirling that he was going to sign with the Patriots. And I asked him if he thought that would change his legacy for Steelers mm-hmm. fans if he signed with the Patriots. And I'm pretty sure Mike said it shouldn't. Uh, well, it will. I think that it was definitely, his response. Look, I mean, he said he, he said after he, he said, said that he was old. He was old. Uh, he said that it was a business decision. In my mind, it was an incredibly poor business decision because we could have started a GoFundMe and raised <laughs> triple what he signed for for him not to play with them. Right. So uh, money-wise, it, it made no sense because you retire a Steeler, you're a legend. You open a restaurant here, we're going to go eat the food. You, you put out a book, we're going to buy it. Yeah, it's that team. It's them. But Why them? I mean, he played with for the Bengals before, so and we didn't hate him. Bud Dupree was one of the guys in the locker room that really teed off on Harrison after he signed with the Patriots. I'm not sure he should have been the guy to do it. Marquise Pouncey doing it, team leader, knows Harrison well, has a little more weight when it's coming from, from him. Uh, I kind of felt like whenever Pouncey opened up, like whenever the leadership started kind of bad-mouthing him, then that opened the floodgates a bit. Well, you, you know what I mean. Like I don't know if Bud Dupree would have spoke up if if Pouncey um, didn't speak out. Well, one of the allegations was that he didn't help mentor T.J. Watt, and we asked T.J. Watt about that in our training camp broadcast earlier this year. How anxious are you to see ninety two on the practice field? I got a glimpse of him the other day. Yeah. Uh, we were down at Heinz Field, but uh, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> When he sheds the sweatsuit, he's a big dude. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see him and obviously uh, watch some more of his yeah. tape and uh, be able to see that firsthand. It'll be awesome. You well, don't really work out with him. You work out sort of among him. Have you been in the gym at the same time as him, or is just any time you go to the gym, he's there? Uh, he's usually a really early uh, workout guy, but uh, we have. I mean, throughout the summer and rookie OTAs and stuff like that, he's been in there when we've been working out. But I've never really worked one-on-one with him. So he has the, the the dynamic isn't exactly like he's taking you under his wing yet. No, not in the weight room. I mean, out in the field, he definitely on the field. Helps me. I mean, on the field, he definitely helps me a lot. Um, yeah, there, there'll be times where I go off the field because he, he's watching. He's got a first-hand player um, perspective, and so does Coach Porter. And that's why I think our position group is is so great, is that everybody truly knows what's going on going on out in the field, and they know um, how to react to certain things. And that's the good thing about. Um, Debo is that he's able to help me and say here in this situation do this or or be more patient and he truly has helped me a lot um, which I don't know I came in here without any expectations of how that relationship was going to be but uh, I'm pretty happy with how it is. So it sounded less Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers there than it was made out to be after he left. Uh, And it probably changed over the course of the season you know he probably grew more and more disgruntled as he got less and less reps. But listen to what you know when you talk about the right and wrongs involved in him signing with the Patriots as if he should have any sort of uh, devotion to to the Steelers after he was let go. If he, he should, you know, think about what it would do to his former teammates by signing with the Patriots, his legacy, as you mentioned before, 
Here's what Teddy Bruschi, noted uh, Patriot, lifer, had to say about doing something like that. Now, I'm not clear about the um, be ready, be in shape, we might bring you back type of thing. And then he says they didn't call, but New England called. So he obviously picked up the phone when New England called and accepted. But I'll tell you one thing, from what I know how it goes with the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wouldn't be caught dead in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform. I respect the organization, but that's how it was back then. That 03, 04, 2001, those AFC championship games, it's how strongly that rivalry was felt. So I understand the feelings of the Pittsburgh Steelers players saying, probably thinking, how could you go over there, man? But I also understand. I understand. I want to play. All right. Well, which is it's it, still like that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Not is, them. How much is he going to play, though? Well, he didn't play until late in the game against the scrub Jets, uh, and he was able to register two sacks, one of which was just him just kind of being there. Um, but don't you get that feeling like the Patriots are like those guys on American Pickers? Like they just go around the league and they're like, oh, you think this is garbage? Yeah, no, I'll just I'll take that. And then they shine it up. And it's like, what can you do? You can rest the passer on third and long? Okay, that's all we're going to have you do. Does anybody not think for a second that in the AFC championship game between the Steelers and the Patriots, which is, that's where we're headed. That's the likely matchup. Does anybody think for a second that Bill Belichick won't line up on the goal line with James Harrison in the backfield? <laughs> He's Does anyone do think for a Not second he won't try to get James Harrison a touchdown against the Steelers or just mind F them? By having him out there. I mean, this is basically kind of like the Godfather bringing in uh, uh, the guy's brother. Yeah, right. It's not so much that he will do something. Just got to see him sitting there. Just got to see him sitting there, and it's going to have a profound effect. The thing that Frankie disapp- Five Fingers. The thing that disappoints me, I get it. You're a player. You want to play. You want to make money while you can. That I kind of understand, but as a fan, it's so disappointing to hear that if he didn't wasn't dressed, he left. Yeah. You know, he on game days. How can you not like you're not a team right. player then? Because he saw what LeGarrette Blunt did to get released. So he did the same thing. And well, got the same exact results. Mm-hmm. Not that he had the playing time here, but how do we feel about LeGarrette Blunt? Oh, we hate him. He means garbage. <laughs> But do you think that there's ever been a, a a a player as decorated as James Harrison is with a franchise like holding a record like a sack total record for this franchise and have it be so so many peaks and valleys in his career? I mean, this is what the fifth or sixth time the Steelers have cut him. Nah. I mean, I've just never seen that many highs and lows did with he, a player. Did he play for Baltimore? Yeah, they cut him. Right? Yep. Because he was on the practice squad and got cut at least three times. I don't know. I hope they finally bust him for steroids. All right. um, (laughs) (laughs) Mike's got your sports coming up here in just a little bit. The playoff picture becoming a little bit more clear. Well, the Steelers got to wait it out. They'll play the highest-seeded team left after next weekend's games. But the bye week, much anticipated, the latest on AB, which is looks like good news there. Looks like uh, he's progressing as expected. Should have AB back? Is that the is that what we're hearing here? Yeah, I mean, or is that just that we're all assuming? Oh, he'll be back. We he's a cyborg. 
He is. He's he's, he's going to be back. Uh, Michael, have uh, all your sports when we return. Cam Hayward joining us at seven forty-five here on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you right now on DVE. Mike, what's going on? I'm some fun this morning. Are you? Yeah. Good to have everybody back. Getting pissed about James Harrison all over again. I mean, forgive us, folks, for going over what uh, you know. Some of you may have already been dealing with, but we haven't had a chance to. Uh, oh, the story's not going Throw away. this around. No, I think oh, this it's ongoing is yeah. developing, and as it's got we legs, it's got shelf life. Talk more about uh, the possibilities and scenarios that may play out as a result of James Harrison playing with the Patriots and the dynamics between the Patriots and the and the Chiefs. Here's, one, here's a scenario. You want to go there? Yeah, yeah, here's go one there. for you. Go, go to this one. It's this the one. AFC Championship game. The Steelers are down four. They're at the New England 31-yard line. There are 48 seconds left on the clock at Gillette Stadium, and James Harrison lines up opposite Alejandro Villanueva in pursuit of Ben Roethlisberger. What happens then? I have no idea. I, I think Belichick's going to make him either tackle eligible or put him in the back as a fullback in the backfield <laughs> on the goal line. I don't know about that, but I think he's going to find some use for him on defense. Um, it is all still about James Harrison and the Patriots. It's all still about the Steelers and the Patriots. And while both teams have to navigate the playoff schedule prior to that anticipated AFC Championship game matchup, if it comes to that, we know officially now at the conclusion of the regular season that that game would be in New England. Alejandro Villanueva asked about that after the Steelers' regular season concluding victory over the Cleveland Browns, and he said in terms of Steelers-Patriots, location, location, location isn't an issue. No, I mean, at some point, you, you know, at some point you have to do it. At some point, you know, you have to leave it behind, whether it's here or there. Um, but we're not really worried about the Patriots right now. We're worried about the next team that we have to play. Yeah, they left that behind a long time ago, actually, probably right after New England came in here and won late in the season. That pretty much decided where the AFC Championship game was going to be. There was a a, a chance, uh, it, it was theoretically possible, that the Jets would beat New England in the regular season finale, but uh, everybody knew the Jets are who they are and the Patriots are who they are, so nobody was counting on that, particularly Steelers cornerback Joe Hayden. For me, it wasn't none at all. I wasn't expecting them. To, I wasn't expecting them to lose. So I kind of just kind of was took it for. I thought we had the second place, and we had to buy. And uh, thinking that, um, however it worked, we probably weren't going to get the first round first seed. So I wasn't too worried about it. The two seed something to work with? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Getting to the playoffs, then we got to buy. I mean, this is all. This is all good stuff. Yeah, this is all good stuff. That's the one thing you can bitch about in this whole season is they weren't the number one overall seed. <laughs> Ask Joe Hayden for some perspective. <laughs> That's 13-3. and three. 13 wins ties for the third most in franchise history. Fire Tomlin. They won 15 games in 2014. They won 14 in 1978. And they won 13 in 2001. Now they've done that again. Ben's washed up. Fire Haley. I mean, the, the problem right now is, you know, if, if you're looking for one, they're not as good as the Patriots the last, you know, X number of years in the in the Brady-Belichick era. But that is the only team you can say has been superior to the Steelers in that long span of time. What's that go back to 2001, right? Yep. That, uh, yeah, haven't had, a, haven't had a chance to talk on the air about that Patriots game. We're going to do that a little later. I was almost uh, put in an international jail. Because of that one. There you go. Yeah. 
Well, uh, the the point is the Steelers have a lot going for them as they go into the postseason. And if you're you know if you're thinking big, if you're thinking Super Bowl, why the hell not embrace the opportunity? Uh, according to Todd Haley, the been there, done that offense is positioned for postseason success. I think we got a really uh, a mature group for the most part that's been together for an extended period of time. We've been in some uh, really tough situations. We've been in big games. Uh, you know, those are all things that uh, give you comfort anyway, you know, as, as a coach that uh, the majority of our group has, has been together doing this and, and been in some tight situations, high pressure situations. You know, sometimes we've come out on top, sometimes we haven't, but... Uh, you know, it's those are the types of things you you lean on when you're as you go into bigger and bigger games. Yeah, the number of close games they won this year. A lot of guys have talked about that uh, as, hey, that's the difference between last year and this year. You know, the the close ones got away last year. This year, they find a way to win, and uh, there's value in that in believing that you can do it. Defensively, uh, Joe Hayden returned. From his long absence in Houston, and uh, Keith Butler talked about what the health of the unit might mean in the postseason. This is uh, Butler speaking as Haley had last Thursday prior to the Cleveland game. You know, our secondary is getting healthy and stuff like that. I think that helps us quite a bit. And uh, if we can stay healthy up front uh, with our guys up front, with Cam and and, and to it, and our outside guys, and uh, and and. 79 is going to do a good job for us, so you know, hopefully uh, we can uh, do a better job against the run uh, than we have been. But you know, this last game we played, I'm con- I- I'm con- uh, really happy with the, uh, what happened with uh, what we tried to do with 10. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was was their was their player, and uh, you know, we our, we set out to try to minimize him, and we, and we did as, as much as we could. That dude is still a good football player, as y'all saw that catch he made. Uh, you know he's just hard to stop. I don't know. I don't think you shut anybody out like that. But we we gear a game plan uh, to try to stop him. As a consequence, we gave it some rushing yards that we don't we don't want to do. So uh, we want to get better in our in our rushing game and uh, you know uh, make sure we get people in position a position where we can put pressure on them and do what we uh, do pretty well. I think and that's uh, sack the quarterback, which they did six times against the Browns for a franchise record. 56. Now, Sachs only goes back to 1982. I would suspect they had more than that in 1974. But right. then people weren't throwing the balls much back then either, so I'm not sure about that. Uh, you know, the ball was only thrown 20, 25 times a game back then by a lot of teams. But they can, if if they can stay healthy, other than Ryan Chazier, who's not coming back this year, get people in obvious passing situations by stopping the run and then get after them. That's, that's what they're going to live and die with on defense. And I think if they can get sacks and turnovers, which they have been doing, that will make up for the rushing yards they are going to continue to give up minus Ryan Shazier. They're not going to be as good without him as they were in midseason. Mm-hmm. You just, you're not working around that. It's not next man up and LJ Ford in the dime. Sorry, it's not, it's not going to be as good as it was, but it can still be effective if they can get the splash plays that turn games at the right time. And they're certainly capable of doing that. 13-3. and three. Pretty damn good. Undefeated in the AFC North. Just like the Jaguars and the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't own the head-to-head in that. I think we'd be the three seed there. <laughs> so, 
most likely we face the Jags. They're probably going to beat the snot out of the Bills who backed into the playoffs. Basically, have no business being there. Yeah, I would, and they're and without Shady McCoy. Jacksonville really wobbled down the stretch offensively, but I think the defense is enough to win a home game against Buffalo. Right. So more than likely, that's who we'll be facing. Now, that wouldn't be any stranger. And I'm the not. Steelers, I'm not Jackson in the postseason. I'm certainly not going to uh, count on uh, Tennessee beating Kansas City. No. But like you At said, James Harrison's been a guy who's been effective against Kansas City. What if James Harrison helps the the Patriots beat the Chiefs? Yeah, who's their left tackle that he dominates? Eric Fisher. He's got to be just as pissed as the Steeler yeah. fans. <laughs> He's a kid. Really, Harrison? What are you doing? <laughs> are you following me around? <laughs> oh, it's, it's great drama. I was uh, I was on vacation when that Patriots game went down, and I was oh. like in like one of those like island like hotel things, you know, and like they're like, ah, oh, we don't have any cable, but we we have a conference room. We can put a satellite thing. And you can watch the game in there. So my girlfriend and I go in to watch a game. There's nobody else. It's just us in this, like, dark, dank, like, it's in the side of a tree or something, you know? <laughs> You're in the command center? Yeah. But it's like, also, it's like, you know, Central America looking, you know? Like, it's like there's stains on the carpet and everything. But it's a big projection TV. I'm like, this is great. There are a few stains on the carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the north Guy's shore. like, he's like, hey, I'll, you know, I can bring you some beers or something. I'm like, yeah, just bring me a six-pack. I'm good, man. That's 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 perfect. And then uh, he came down, and he didn't understand American football. And he's like, all I know is, uh, you know, Tom Brady's, you know, he's the champ, everyone says. What was the guy's name? Melvin, I think, because I told Bill I was human. So I'm, like, teaching the guy a little bit about the game, and he's trying to tell me about cricket in between. I'm like, just shut up about cricket. Not now, Melvin. I don't care about cricket right now, dude, you know. And uh, when, when, when we scored a touchdown, that was overturned. When, when oh, that, you mean the Jesse James yes. catch? I, the yeah. one that he definitely caught? Right. All right. Scored on? Yeah, that one. So I was he got, I was in the bag. I was hammered. I was like sunburned drunk. You know that feeling. <laughs> yes. All right. So, and I had kept it pretty cool at this point, but like I, I exploded like every other Steeler fan. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. And this guy's like, wow. And I was making, it was not, I was out of line. I was way too loud. It was a big deal. Were you chest bumping like, Melvin? Screaming, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's he's happy, huh? He's happy. <laughs> and I'm like, he's really happy. Unbelievable. And then they start to look at it. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. And when they overturn it, of course, I had the same reaction as everybody. And I'm screaming again. But when the pick happened. I jumped out of my chair and ran screaming like my ass was on fire at the top of my lungs yelling, no, no, as loud as I could. Just made a scene. I mean, I was embarrassed. (laughs) And this Melvin dude goes, well, I guess it's true. Tom Brady really is the best. Please tell me you punched Melvin right in the face. I murdered Melvin. <laughs> oh, he had it coming, clearly. No jury would convict you in Allegheny County. No, I just told him, I go, do you seriously think you're getting a tip now for anything? <laughs> ha! Too soon! 
and I needed a full yes. 30 minutes, I would say. Tragedy plus time equals comedy, and you didn't get the time. No, no. I, uh, I went and uh, sat at a bar, and I apologized, and I just said, give me 30 minutes, and I can go have dinner. Oh, there were multiple but, fights. But, uh, I can, Stadium. Uh, nobody can talk to me. And then some Patriot fan who didn't even watch the games, like traipsing off the beach, like, hey, who won the game? And Melvin goes, Tom Brady. And I go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> The Tom Brady's. The New England Tom Brady's. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> now, seriously, though, the way it all worked out, if you're a Steelers fan, don't you want to beat him up there? No. If you're going to beat him. I just want don't you want to go up there? Yeah. And yes. hand it to him in their Into house. their house where they're supposedly invincible. But the con- And make their fans sit through what you've probably sat through couple of times i want melvin to sit next to every one of those fans don't is not the best anymore go up there's an underdog and let it rip see i to me it was just the compound effect of getting my heart ripped out in so many different ways that it was just demoralizing that i mean yeah it didn't kill you it did not kill you therefore it only made you stronger thank you valerie Cam Hayward, when we come back on DVE. It's your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.5 DVE. Back here uh, to ring in the new year. And uh, you're going to find this funny. Slack, they completely screwed up the board, and uh, I can't get them on. Can you get them on uh, from your end over there? Yeah, how about that? The button that's always here isn't here. They took the button. They took the button at the end of 17. Get Cam Hayward just sitting over there. Boy, you'd think we would have been coached to handle this better as time was winding down. Sometimes we're good in chaos. Cam Hayward joining us on the DV Morning Show. Cam, good morning. How are you, man? Is he there, Slack? (laughs) I don't have a pot to put them up in. I'm asking you, can you put them up? We don't have a pot to... No, we don't. Put them up in. (laughs) Not the P word I was thinking of there. No. How much fun is this? You can't die. Are you dialing it in? I'm trying right now. Trying like... Hang on, Cam. Like holy hell right now as Cam Hayward waits. Just imagine this is like like the referees looking at the uh, replay. All Hopefully right. the Steelers are better coming off their bye week than we are coming off of <laughs> our bye That's week. Right. Cam's probably in a good mood because, as I am, he's probably basking in the glory of that perfect Big Ten bowl season. Oh, don't, oh, don't. See, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> the Big Ten going seven and one, which, from my point of view, and I'm sure Cam's is perfect because we all know who the one was. There don't. we go. Is that it? Don't do it, Mike. I just did it. <laughs> no, Penn State Cam, one. are you Yay. there? Nope. That's not him. Da-da. Cam, are you there? Nope. Still don't have him. Hello. This is WDVE, very professional radio Hello. station. The autumn wind is a radar. And we have Cam Hayward just sitting there. Because uh, someone likes coming in here. Changing everything. Well, it was almost a three-week hiatus, so God don't talk to me about my hiatus. Guy, God only knows what happened in here. Yeah, well, nothing is where it's supposed to be. You know, we what? have a hiatus hernia. We, that's what happened. 
Come on. <laughs> Are you effing kidding me? Val, just talk about something while I'm trying to. I don't. Uh... Happy New Year to everybody, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, Happy New Year. Maybe this is a good time to talk about how great uh, Bill was on New Year's Eve. No, I don't think yeah, that's Yeah, you did a j- uh-uh. show with Jimmy Schubert, right? I did. At uh, the Improv. And that was, I mean, it was so great to Jeez, Louise. share wow. the stage with him and uh, see him work. Yeah, it was great. Who was the other guy? Derek Knopfsnyder. You guys were all tremendous. That yeah. another local guy. I, oh, yeah, D-Nop. I and my family thoroughly enjoyed that show. It's fun. I, I, I refer to Jimmy Schubert as like a big beach ball of anger and frustration and if the crowd is right he never hits the ground and the crowd was right he didn't hit the ground new year's eve you were really good though too i love the uh, i hadn't seen you in the suit and tie before i like the uh oh homage to the holiday and class it up up for the occasion you were large and in charge did they do a champagne toast yeah they did nice the show usually like the the countdown show usually ends around 11 30 and then they put down the the projector, and then they show Times Square, mm-hmm. whatever feed that is. And then the last five minutes, we all came back up on the stage and did the countdown with Rang the crowd. The and it was really cool to 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 bring in the new year. Yeah, on you guys stage. did great. That was incredibly entertaining. Thanks, By the Mike. way, speaking of the new year, you have a chance to win in our workforce cash contest. Chance for you to win a thousand bucks. That happens every hour from six a.m. to nine p.m. here on DVE. All right, our phone bank is dead. I need to uh, reboot it. Uh, I think the cold weather has knocked us out of business here. So we're going to take... Uh, yeah, I'm going to reboot it. Yeah, after just turn it off and then turn it back yeah, on again. Yeah, that's all you ever have to do. Zeppelin <laughs> will get us through. All right, fine. We stumble out of the gate, but we have the bye week. Hey, hey, you know, what, what can I do?
Okay, we reset with Cam. Cam's on an, an hour delay today. Now, most people on two. Cam cuts that in half. That's how good he is. <laughs> He'll be on at 8.45. Ben's will be up at 8.15. Val has news when we come back. We're going to talk at the top of the hour about uh, some good news for you, Randy. You say you want a healthy January. I have good news about booze for you. Oh, yes. I was going to. I'm going to stop drinking. I know. That's the good news. Oh, good. That's you don't have to. to. Oh, <laughs> Well, I might need need to drink, <laughs> given this scenario this morning. Billy Gardell coming back, 9 a.m. You're shot at 1000 bucks coming up next. I was at a light that lasted forever the other day, and, I'm like, and I was the first one in line. And so I just like looked down at my phone, and I got caught up looking at it. And it turned green, oh, and I didn't notice. Hulk. And I got... Yeah, yeah I got... <laughs> And then I drove 100 miles an hour to make up for it. I'm like, oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Ran six red lights. I'll show them. I'm going to drive out of your sight line forever. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. I tell you, the tough thing to do up in Snowmageddon in Erie, where I was for the holiday there, when they got 80 inches of snow in six days, 50 inches of snow in 30 minutes, or 30 minutes, 30 hours, rather. Um, Crazy. Is that when you were brave enough to take to the road again and you felt good because you had a four-wheel drive or whatever, uh, there's people all over the road. And there, this instinct kicks in where you're like, it's every man for himself. Like, there are certain people, you're like, uh, you know, if there's an old lady and she's, like, stuck on the side of the road going, help, help, you know, you'd pull over. <laughs> but, like, you're able to do this calculation in your head really quick where you're like, eh, if that guy, he doesn't need my help. Yeah, you're telling like, nah, that guy. He can handle this. Like, Judging yeah, on the fly. Yeah, you're like on the fly. You're like, oh, there's a car in a bank, and you see, you know, like two dudes. All right, there's two of them. Screw them. All right, it's your own fault. They got, the, they yeah. got each other. Yeah, they'll be fine. But, but like, I, I, I worried about how quickly I could rationalize whether or not someone, and then how important my destination was. Like, I was never really going anywhere that important. That it couldn't have waited five, ten minutes for someone, you know, if they needed my help pushing them out or something like that. Right. But for some for some reason, I would totally justify it. You know, in my head, I'd be like, there's a, there's a car in a snowbank over there. 
yeah, but that taco dip is going to go. It, you know, <laughs> it's going to go early. If I don't get it's there. Like ticking time bomb. I never get enough I'm, chips. I'm there for, yeah, the taco dip is the premier side dish of this Christmas party that I'm going to. And I'm going down the road just fine. And if I stop, I might be that guy. And then what if nobody helps me out? Basically, I would have been a bad apostle. How do they? How do they deal with an onslaught of snow like that? Are they just? Are the salt trucks out the National permanently? Garden? No, I mean you gotta wait. At some point, you wait. You're like, this is insane. You know, basically by the 27th, I was walking home uh, late from a, like a, uh, a holiday party that was three blocks from my brother's house. So I was walking back to his house, and it was like one forty-five. You know, it was late, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, there was like just an armada of plows following one another, like going through all, all the neighborhoods, and you know, the last trucks, assault truck, and everything after the plows, and you know, that was a couple of days into it. But th- that first day, man, you just sit there and take, take the it. punches. Weren't the, wasn't the, a couple of the interstates closed for, wasn't 90 yeah. and 79 shut down yeah. for a while? They brought the National Guard in. They were digging people Man. out. There were there were restaurants and, like, uh, you know, if you if you lived on the second floor of a building and some of the, the configurations uh, of these stores and stuff, uh, people couldn't get out of their apartments because the snow just, like, was blowing so oh, much. Yeah. It created these huge drifts and their building was snowed in. So they had to dig out these big, like, catacomb-type things. You How know? far in advance did they start forecasting that? I have no idea. I arrived on the 24th, Christmas Eve, at, when like, 4 o'clock, and it started to snow. And I went to uh, my mom's house first and hung out there for, like, five or six hours. I was like, wow, it's snowing. And there was a, you know, a holiday party with friends not far from her house. It was, like, a three-mile drive. And it was hairy. The mm-hmm. roads were bad, and people were sliding all over the place. And I got to the party, and I was like, guys, the roads are really bad out there. They're like, oh, you wuss. You've been in Pittsburgh too long, blah, blah, blah. This is eerie. And I'm like, all right, you want to get OG on me about the snow? That's fine. I, I can take it. I know how to drive in the snow. I get it. But also, it kind of feels like it's really snowing out there. And they're like, <laughs> no, you're a wuss. And then I left that party, and it was, you know, I had to clean off my car for, you know, several minutes and i was only there for you know an hour or so and i'm thinking this is way worse than they were talking about because i didn't want to get cocky while i was driving mm-hmm. like Sadly, ah, all wreck. those people perished <laughs> they all died yeah <laughs> right and i wouldn't have helped them if i saw them on the side of the road anyway <laughs> but uh that's when it just started and then i woke up at like seven o'clock in the morning on christmas morning and it sounded like the house was tipping over like oh. Because the wind was whipping yeah. so bad. And then you like open the window to look outside and you can't see anything because snow is just drifted. C- drifted and covered all the windows. Wow. So you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what I've is never going seen on? anything like that. Yeah. Just what was that storm we had like seven years ago, eight years ago when it just snowed so bad? It was a Friday into a Saturday. Yeah. Was it like two feet? Yeah. Something like that. And that <laughs> yeah. was. That Crazy. was next level. Yeah, we right. had to go stay at, at my in-laws because our power was out for like three days. 80 inches. So it was basically like you weren't shoveling. There was either plows or snowblowers. Because, you know. How could you? You couldn't, you couldn't make a dent with a shovel. You know, stuff around your, you know, around the door, mm-hmm. things like that. But like 
I was so tired of taking my boots off everywhere. <laughs> it was just you're just soaking wet all the time and like stepping in puddles in people's kitchen, like ah, ah <laughs> that'll dry off, I'm sure. No problem. You were just packed just everywhere you went, you were just you know, you dealt with it, but it didn't stop for days. They got eighty inches between the twenty fourth and the thirtieth. That's a lot of snow. <laughs> That's a lot of snow. 80 inches. Insanity. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a white Christmas. And now, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the thing about it, people were like, oh, well, that's fun, though. No. And I'm like, no, it's really not, not because it was too cold. You couldn't go like, oh, let's go build a snowman. Mm-hmm. Because. Was it as cold there as it was yeah, there? Yeah, it, feel, it felt like what it feels like right now in Pittsburgh. Teens, like yeah, the five, wind chill ten. was brutal. And the other uh, odd thing about it was my brother lives about three miles from my mom, and uh, she probably got two feet more of snow than he did. Because hey, let's get on Alef- Alejandro Villanueva's shoulders and build a snowman. I mean, how could you even build a snowman? Well, and the kids were all going crazy. Because they wanted to go outside and couldn't? Couldn't. Like, I mean, you can't go outside. We could lose you. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, maybe we'll go to the park. Like, how? Right. How are we going to get there? What are we going to do when we get it? It's just... Snowdrifts. Did you strap some tennis rackets to the bottom of your boots? Thought about it. <laughs> it was just too. There was too much snow to be able to do anything. It was. How do you get your crazy. dog outside to poop? You, you would have to just hold him out the window, <laughs> second floor. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother has a uh, Bernese Mountain Dog. And oh, those are awesome, dude. It was like heaven to her. Yeah, I bet. She was just running outside, just sitting in the snow and taunting us like, yeah. Do you have to try to get it off your roof? I don't. When it's that much? I mean, not it you might, personally, but like. Cave, I, yeah, I would think, yeah. yeah. If it's, yeah, if you, <coughs> if it's building up, yeah, you want to get rid of it. It, I, I just can't even imagine. But, that. but our parents were stuck in their houses on Christmas Day. You know, they live in their respective homes, mm-hmm. and uh, which is smart, and because uh, it wouldn't work the other way. They Never were did. Totally fun with it. And no, you were at your brother's. We couldn't get them. Was anybody else at their house? No. So, so they're they like, we were all planning on going, you know, to my brother's, and we couldn't get to them. So at about five o'clock, my brother and I are like, all right, let's just go get dad. And, uh, you know, my mom's like, I think I can make it down because she's just one road away. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one road straight down for about three miles. And uh, so we're like, OK, she can make it down here. And we, and we went out to get my dad, who's a lot further out. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. There was just like cars all over the road. And you're like, well, that poor guy. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> ah, sorry for him. See ya. You're just kind of going ahead and like traffic lights, like doesn't look like there's anybody around, right? Just go right through it. Skid right through it. Yeah, it felt it felt very apocalyptic. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah, you would, think it, well. you'd think it would be fun, but it was probably pretty annoying having to live through it. That's like the day after tomorrow. I didn't leave the house on, uh, on the, the day after Christmas. They closed the Mill Creek Mall for two days in a row. That is stunning. Yeah, that's a big deal. Which sounds like a funny thing to like mark like this is how bad it was. Yeah. The mall was closed. But that's they, a lot of money. Tons. 
It's a huge shopping day. Yeah. Everybody's returning all the duck umbrellas they got for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Val's got a quick news update. What's happening? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Wind chill advisory in effect. A cold day today. At least some sunshine as we go through the course of the day, especially this afternoon. High temperature 15. Wind chill below zero much of the day. Low temperature of 5 tonight, then increasing clouds tomorrow up to 24 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 6 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Randy, this is good news for you since you say you're going to kick off the year with a healthy January. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean Steelers games don't count, right? No, playoff no, games, no. those are cheat days. Yeah. Uh, if you are going to start the year by giving up booze for a month, or maybe a lot of people do the sober January. If your oh, team sure. is in the playoffs, maybe you wait till a February, tough. March. Right. Uh, it's good for you. According to research, giving up alcohol for just one month can give you huge health benefits. Researchers found people who were able to get through an entire month without drinking tended to drink less often, get drunk less often, and have fewer drinks in one sitting six months down the road. Also, taking just one measly month off of alcohol provides better liver function, lower blood pressure, and even a reduced risk of liver disease and diabetes. That's hey. light over your diabetes. lifetime. A lot, of so. ben- lot of benefits. Yeah. I mean, Steeler games are definitely a cheat day. Also, yesterday didn't count, right? I mean, it's January no. 2nd. Yeah, not January 1st. I'm going to sit there and watch the sugar bowl and not have a beer. Sauerkraut. Yeah, the pork and sauerkraut. Oh, that was... And mashed potatoes. And kielbasa. Yes. I did two days in a row. I did New Year's Eve and New Year's with kielbasa. I had pierogies and kielbasa <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Thank God you're holding it in. This Does your house smell like a barn? <laughs> no, but every conversation I tried to have on New Year's Eve, I'm like, hey, happy New Year. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go in the corner. I'm just going to cuff this one. Sorry. <laughs> oh, this is so awful. Cuff this one. Throw it out the window. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, there's a kielbasa burp. Did you make a resolution to get a new job? If so, you are in luck because according to hiring I might not experts, have a choice the way this hour is going. <laughs> January is the best time of year to get a new job. Companies have their new budgets in place and are looking for the best talent to start their first quarter off strong, which I thought budgets were done in June. But uh, So if you want to start the new year with a new career, now is the time to do it. Any words you think should be banned moving forward? Lake Superior State University in northern Michigan puts out a list at the beginning of each year of words and phrases they wish people would just stop using. The top five words or phrases they say we should leave behind in 2017 include unpack, meaning you want to analyze a complex topic or statement. There's a lot to unpack here. Yes, politicians and pundits use that a lot. Tons. They say it's overused. They wish people would just say lots. Although Erie got tons of snow. I mean, that is... Literally. Factually correct. Yes. Nothing burger. Yeah, that one can go away. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. I kind of like that one. Overused. Yeah. Like when Robert Morris beat Lake Superior in the Three Rivers Classic, 5 nothing. the Lakers got a nothing burger. (laughs) That just That did happen. Yeah, Actually, factually correct. Okay. Uh, fake news. Uh, they do not like oh, that people yeah. use it for any story they disagree with now. I've heard that tons. <laughs> Gig <laughs> economy describes the trend of people working odd jobs instead of a normal nine to five. They Uber drivers. Air, I have it now. You can live in my house and I'll drive you everywhere. <laughs> Airbnb and Uber. I'm at your service. I guess we're together now. <laughs> a few more made the list. They include dish, meaning to gossip, pre-owned. 
Mm. Rather than used. used. And onboarding and offboarding instead of hiring and firing, which... Offboarding is funny. I got (laughs) offboarded. And the phrase, let that sink in. That's the one I can... That can go away. Let that sink in. Someone made fun of it in a meme and they put a sink outside of a door and took a picture of it. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty funny. Let that sink in. Meryl Streep, Emma Stone, Reese Witherspoon, and hundreds of other women in Hollywood have joined forces for Time's Up. It's an initiative aimed at fighting sexual harassment and assault in the workplace. The movement was announced on Monday with a full-page ad in the New York Times in the Spanish-language paper La Opinion. The uh, letter reads, We want all survivors of sexual harassment everywhere to be heard, to be believed, and to know that accountability is possible. The women have also launched a legal defense fund to support victims. Donations are being accepted via GoFundMe. Nearly $14 million has already been raised thanks to big donations from Meryl Streep, Taylor Swift, and Steven Spielberg. And finally, it is official. Hoda Kotb, the new co-host of NBC's Today Show. She joined Savannah Guthrie on the show, replacing officially replacing Matt Lauer, who was fired over sexual misconduct allegations. NBC News chairman Andy Lack announced the new anchor team this morning. Kotb will also continue to co-host today's fourth hour with Kathy Lee Gifford. Forecast today, wind chill advisory in effect through tomorrow, sunny and 15. Wind chills below zero today, going to drop to five overnight tonight. It's six now at DVE. Tim Benz with us, part of the Pittsburgh Sheila Radio Network. And, um, you know, they end the season with a victory over the Browns. Who? <laughs> Browns had a chance right to the very end. It was the most Browns you way to lose ever, it, wasn't it? It really, really <laughs> was. Oh, and 16. Hugh Jackson won in 31 <laughs> in two years as the coach oh. there and kept his job. It was almost like a. Uh, the last Jedi cycle of life from Dennis Northcutt to Coleman on Sunday, wasn't it? I mean, yep. just the, the cycle that has been the Browns since their last moment of being a decent team to this on Sunday. It was the perfect conclusion. One drop to another. So Nothing burger in 16. Actually, they're 0 for 17. They were 0 for 17 in 17 because they lost the Steelers wow. on New Year's Day. They lost the Steelers three times in one calendar year. 27 to 24 last year, 28 to 24 this year. Landry, Landry Jones, uh, one point better. Somewhere Kobe Hamilton is still laughing. Uh, <laughs> Juju with the 96 yard kickoff return in that game. He solidifies himself as the best Steeler rookie wide receiver ever uh, and the best in the league this year by a fairly wide margin. Uh, not enough to get past AB's a- absence, though, for the playoffs. Is it a uh, sure thing that 84 is back for the Steelers in two weeks? Uh, we haven't heard anything about his injury since he got hurt. I mean, he put those workout videos out there. Adam Schefter had a report which alarmed me somewhat, and that was uh, before the game against the Texans, I believe. He said that if there were to be a first-round game for the Steelers, he wouldn't be able to play. Well, if you know three weeks out that he's not going to be able to play in that game, then I would wonder if the second-round game would come into question. So Mm -hmm. that was the only report we've really heard about A.B.'s injury. Uh, I'm concerned that he won't be 100% for We'll just call it the Jacksonville game because I think they're going to beat the Bills, but he probably will be good enough to play. Le'Veon Bell said in the locker room in Houston that he was 100% sure Brown was coming back for the playoffs. As far as I know, Le'Veon wasn't a pre-med guy at MSU, so take that for what it's worth. But that's an offensive teammate. He said absolutely he's going to be back. Probably back, but not 100%, I would say, for the first game against Jacksonville. Okay. Um, The James Harrison saga. We haven't had a chance to, to discuss it until now here on the show since we're all back in studio. Does it 
have more of uh, an effect as a, a bit of a mind game or a practical effect for the Patriots on the field. When you say mind game, do you mean like Harrison giving them plays and stuff no, like that? No, I don't. That's so overblown. Yeah, I think I that's think so overblown. Psychological warfare. Yeah, it's, it's Belichick being Belichick in that regard, but I do think they could use him. I, I think they used him in the way they would like to use him against the Steelers and the Chiefs, the way that they used him against the Jets. Uh, deploy him in pure pass rush situations the way I thought the Steelers should have used him earlier in the season. I still, when they let him go, I got why they let him go because he was being a pain in the ass. He was still the third best outside linebacker on the team. I, I always thought that. Yeah. And I think Belichick looks at it similarly. You know, we are going to deploy him in a way that we didn't have anybody else. I don't think they would have brought him on board at this stage of the season unless there was football value to him, and I don't think he did anything to dent that theory the way he played against New York. But he didn't get in until the end of the game. He had, well, he didn't get a sack until the end of the game. He played earlier in the, in the game. He got a, actually a really nice tackle in coverage, of all mm-hmm. things. He had, what, was it 26 uh, snaps? I think 27. I think 27 on defense and somehow seven special team snaps. He got in on special teams. Which was interesting. Now, I didn't uh, see any video of that game, so I don't know if that was just one I mean, of the... 26 snaps is significant. He only had how many all season? 38, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And he was only there a week. Yeah. So they can use him more now moving forward that he has a full week of practice under his belt and a game under his belt. You're saying he's the third best outside linebacker the Steelers had, yet they had to have felt confident that he wasn't good enough to make an impact for the Patriots. I always thought that they were, well, no, I don't know about that. I, I, that's What I still don't know about this whole Harrison situation is what happened in that week leading up to the Christmas game that was so cataclysmic that they had to make him available for everybody else to get. Like, they put up with that crap for 15 weeks from right. him, and here they are coming up to the playoffs. It's week 15. All they got to do is grit their teeth and bear it for another month. What happened that week that was so bad that they just said, we can't take this anymore, and we'll run the risk of even the Patriots getting them. Uh, I, I have a feeling you'll never know. You know, It could have been something as simple as, look, um, we've got to bring Gilbert back. We've been tired of it for a month. It's really gotten bad this month, and now we're going to let him go because there's an opportunity to do so. But you know what? They could have done that anyway, even before Gilbert. If he was that much of a negative, just get rid of him and bring somebody else in off the scrap heap if you wanted to. So my thought was maybe it was as simple as he just looked at them and said, I'm not going on Christmas. They said, okay, that's enough. If you're, if you're deciding when and when you're not going on road trips, that's enough. Maybe that was it. That's, it's curious the way it timed out because I think there's probably less chance somebody picks him up if they cut him in October. Agreed. But the way it worked out, a playoff team, I think if you're doing your due diligence, of course you're going to look at that guy. For $59,000? He 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 made his fifty nine thousand dollars worth in garbage time against the Jets with two sacks. All right, right. and you're gonna think, all right, he's thirty nine, but does he have you know ten more pass rushes in him, and can we find a way to use those? It's a three game season. Yeah. So this was a Tomlin call. In the end, I think it's always a Tomlin call when it comes to personnel. I don't think that the well, I mean, let me let me rephrase yeah. that. I mean, if it's if it's something really egregious off the field, then it might go to a higher level, like the Rooney's or the Colbert, but. Um, I think in a football matter like this, if Tomlin had wanted to keep him, then they would have kept him. After what happened with LeGarrette Blunt, doesn't this kind of surprise you that they didn't foresee what may have happened here? By him going to the Patriots? Yeah. I think they did foresee yeah, it. I, I, think think they, they, I think they did. I think they don't care. Yeah, 100% knew that in all likelihood, if a team picked him up, it would probably be New England. And he was such a pain in the ass, they decided to do it anyway. 
That is just staggering. I, I can't see them being in that office and James being available, passing waivers, and then signing in New England and on that, whatever it was, that Tuesday going, whoa, never saw that coming. No, I think they knew that was a distinct possibility. If he passed a physical and um, you know the Patriots saw a need for him, then he might sign there. And he showed you last time the, the Steelers and, and him parted paths, he went in division. You know, so he he showed you when he tried he, to go to the if Ravens you too. cut him, he's going to try to inflict massive amounts of pain, the most amount. Yeah, he's he wants to be a mercenary badass. We all know it, and I think he enjoys the fact that he's in New England if he's not in Pittsburgh. And I'm convinced if he would have signed with San Francisco to play out the season, we wouldn't hurt any of the vitriol coming out of no, the Steelers. I don't think so either. That we heard. I mean, even Stephon Toot said that on this program here on DBEs. It took him five seconds to get it out. He just kind of sat there and said, yeah, it bothers me that he went there. Take a selfie with Brady right when you get there? Come on. That's picking off the scab and, you know, putting lemon juice Flicking in it. it right in your eye. <sighs> what are you doing? So I And this I, is the best drama of the season, right? Because this is, this is going to linger. There's no way this doesn't have it, – it doesn't come down to – James Harrison versus the Steelers in some way in the AFC Championship no, game. Mike's right. It's, it's, the season yeah. has just been scripted that way. It's going to build because they're probably going to play the Chiefs, right, in this in the first playoff game that they have. He's going to have three sacks against Eric yes. Fisher if he plays <laughs> right, the whole right. game. That's just a guarantee right now. Go book that one in Vegas. Yeah. So it's going to build for one more week <laughs> yeah. in advance of the AFC Championship game. And it's going to be I, – I can't imagine what that week is going to be like in terms of coverage. Somewhere Eric Fisher's in a room, and he's like De Niro at the end of Raging Bull. He's just punching the wall going, why, 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 why? <laughs> they should have signed him to have him not play against Eric Fisher. Yeah, right. They should have signed him to put him in dry storage like this, the Steelers did all year. Eric Fisher's like, look, I'll come up with the 59 grand. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. I saved off of my rookie signing bonus really well. Here's the cash. So is the jury out? Or is the decision made, this is a royal screw-up? No, the no. jury's out. If you win, there's no screw-ups. What if they're right? What if he What if he can't be effective for New England? What if they put him out there, the Patriots, and Alejandro Villanueva eclipses him uh, as the moon sometimes eclipses the sun, and he's a non-factor? Then you're right. The total Belichick move would be to play him a lot versus Kansas City, dominate Eric Fisher, allow the Steelers to game plan accordingly like they're going to throw at him the whole game and then play him eight snaps and ha- and figure out a different right. way to beat you because you outcoached yourself. That would be the Belichick <laughs> way to go. You know what I mean? I've got the nuclear weapon and I'm going to beat you with a pea shooter. Like that would be a Belichick <laughs> thing to do. You outcoached yourself. Well, at least they outcoached somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen when you play New England very often. You outcoach yourself, though. This has been the most drama-filled football season I can ever remember and from training camp, and it's been really interesting because of it, right? And you know who's happy about that? The team with the hockey sticks in town. Ain't yeah. nobody talking about the fact they're in last place. Yeah, like terrible. Yeah. I mean, I remember that that 2015 year when they fired uh, Mike Johnston before they hired Sullivan. You know, the Steelers were relevant then, certainly. Uh, they had some drama going on that year, too, when Ben got hurt, right? And Landry was coming in, and Michael Vick was coming in, and all that. They had some drama. We were all talking Penguins. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're in last place. Like, you pick up the paper right now, you look at it like, oh, I didn't realize the hockey team stunk again. When did yeah. that happen? Because well, the Steelers get so much attention for everything, every week. They're yeah. not quite in last Aren't they like last place in the Metro? Or they, no, uh, the one, they, point, they lose the, the one point ahead of Philly. That's tonight. right. If the, if the Flyers tonight's lose. battle uh, for Keystone supremacy is also to <laughs> stay out of the basement. 
How about Keystone supremacy in football, though? The Eagles. Yes, they're kind of the, like. Are, are they the sitting ducks, kind of like Oakland was last year? I mean, Foles is a so. lot better yeah. than whoever Oakland had. I think they, they can still McGloin. win. They had Matt McGloin yeah. in Oakland, so I the, think Philly can still win. They get they got home, a great got defense field advantage. Run game. This would be the third time that comes close to happening, though, right? Because it happened. I think it was in 01 and 04, or 04 and 08. There was an opportunity for an all Philadelphia Super Bowl. McNabb and T.O. that year. Yeah. The year that the Patriots came in here and beat us in the AFC Championship game. Which one? (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to narrow that down. Tim Benz, part of the Pittsburgh Sheila Radio Network. Get the week off. Be back next week with the (laughs) conference. Well, not conference. The uh, divisional. Divisional round. Yeah. And that will be against, more than likely, Jacksonville. Yeah. You've got Buffalo playing Jacksonville with an injured Shady McCoy. Um, that's the worst pass offense in the AFC going up against the best pass defense in football. Cam Hayward joins us in 20 minutes, I hope. And uh, another shot at winning 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up at 9 on defense. DVE. Mike Pesuda, Sports DVE. I'm, I'm having James Harrison depression right now. It does make for a real good soap opera. As we head towards the AFC Championship for the Steelers, who finished 13-3. and By the way, uh, congrats to our buddy Dave Damashek for correctly predicting the Steelers' record six years in a row. Wow. How does he do that? 13-3. and Sheck is a genius. Sheck had it nailed. Fellas, listen. So, 13-3, and great. Uh, don't beat the Patriots. Don't get home field. And uh, that has been the thing that has bit them in the past. But, Mike, uh, the Steelers have lost to the Patriots at Heinz Field, too. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. So, there is no advantage, home field or otherwise. You just got to beat them. You just got to go beat them. giving up James Harrison made the Patriots better. I don't understand why we did that. But I feel like I hate the Patriots more than ever. Yeah, you do. Right now. No, they're at their most hateable. You do. Right now. That's right. Mike's got the, uh, the update arrogance. for you here as the NFL has wound down. By the way, we didn't even talk Sugar Bowl or Rose Bowl, which uh, the Sugar yeah. Bowl was a beatdown. The college football invitational. Well, how do you, Rose Bowl how do you awesome. like how this is all shaped out, by the way? I don't care. Okay. Um, no, I watched the Rose Bowl. It was entertaining. It's not the national championship to me. It's an invitational. You can add Central Florida into the mix, which is 13-0, and and beat Auburn, which beat Alabama. Right, which lost to Georgia and Central Florida is not even a consideration, right? Right, not oh, fair. Yeah, they're thirteen and zero, and they beat an SEC team that beat another SEC team that's in the playoff. But yeah, it's a it's a collection of four teams that they wanted to put on television. And I watched the Rose Bowl; it was entertaining as hell. It was, and then I went to bed. And if I get something better to do Monday night, I'll do that. If I if I have nothing to do, I'll watch a little Alabama Georgia. Did you watch but, a lot of the bowl games this year? No, I did not. I, I watched. Didn't, I didn't get to see too many. I watched uh, our game, Michigan yeah. State's game. I watched the uh, Michigan game yesterday and just thoroughly enjoyed that. Nothing like bringing in the new year cackling, <laughs> watching them watching them get outscored twenty three nothing in the second half and meltdown. That was. Did you fun. see Penn State Washington? I saw a little bit of it, and uh, I was working the Robert Morris hockey tournament around that, so I didn't see much of it. But I saw the Barkley run. <laughs> wow. You see that whatever it was ninety two yards. He's run. He's running right to the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, good first for him. round. Good for him. What a player. Maybe he'll play for the Browns. But the Rose <laughs> oh, Bowl. Oh God, I hope. Oh not. God, no! Don't wish that on him. The Rose Bowl. 
I love the the parade, the whole thing. I mean, that is there's a majesty to the Rose Bowl. I, yeah, still. I, I grew up on that, and I always watched the Rose Bowl. Yes. but I'll say this about the uh, the game that decides the college football invitational tournament. Uh, I think Alabama, Alabama, and, well, that's what it is. Yeah, so you get to go. You know, you get. You don't have to win to get in. It's it's a selection. Um, those two teams both play the kind of football I like. There's going to be running as well as throwing. Like Oklahoma is effective, but I don't like watching them. Play. It's too much. And plus, I think Mayfield's a jag off. But uh, I liked seeing him lose last night. Yeah, I really enjoyed. That. And then the guy yelling at him to yeah. humble yourself. Yeah, that he needed that. I hope he gets a lot of that next year. Uh, he's going to the Browns. Uh, hope he gets no buried home. under many sacks. He's going to get gets many losses. He's and, not an NFL quarterback. Eh, I don't know. No, he he's Johnny Manziel 2.0. I think so too. But well, what do I know? He's got a shot. I, I'm not writing him off. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, good guy not to have to make a decision on. <laughs> Steelers won't be worried about that. They'll be yeah. far down in the pecking order. Uh, Browns are picking twice in the top five. <laughs> They're going to pick him twice. We just want to make sure we got him. I, you know what? I still like Kaiser, uh, potentially. I don't know why they don't. Well, he's had a really bad year. Yeah, I know, but um, like they pulled him halfway. So, like, yeah. they, you know. That happens sometimes when you're. The throw he made to Josh Gordon in that Steelers game. Early, yeah. The, the deep ball, I think it was 56 yards inside Caught the Hayden 10. looking in the backfield. He shows promise. Yeah, he, he makes some big league plays. And that play at the end, Val talked about how he was sacked. But he wasn't. He yeah. got out of that. That, that. that could have been a play that helped them win that game if and the then, jackass on the other end could just catch the football. He went over and comforted that kid afterwards yeah. on the sidelines. But uh, that's Cleveland's problem. Uh, Steelers are getting ready for a week off. And then uh, the second round, uh, that'll be at 1.05 p.m. on January the 14th. Opponent to be determined. But uh, we know a couple things uh, in advance of the start of the playoffs. And one is that the Steelers are not a team that's going to easily rattle. Here's uh, Ben Roethlisberger talking about that with me late last week prior to the regular season finale against Cleveland. Well, I think we've got experience. You know, I think that's a a very important thing. But I think there's a, I don't know how you verbalize it, but there's a a no panic kind of... um, thing feeling whatever you want to call it around the group you know I mean there's been games if you look at the last other than last week um, but there was a a, a handful of games there in a row where we had to kind of come back or um, win it late or whatever it was and guys just never panicked you know there was never a worry it was like we can do this like you know we're we're fine and and that's to me that's that's big going into the postseason and to me you could kind of see that could you not like the Colts game the Packers game all those comeback games when you were watching those, probably frustrated they're behind and they had to do that, but did you ever think, ah, oh, this is lost? No. Nope. They, they, they stay with it. That's, uh, that's an admirable quality. Uh, they have some others. They've been a pretty good team. Uh, they're still a pretty good team, and they are not a team that, uh, to quote the great Bill Cower, is easily deterred. I think it's it's having guys around here that are experienced. I think it's guys around here that believe in each other. Um, we've got good football players, so that helps too. This week's another week where there's drama, and nothing has derailed you guys. Maybe the yeah. anthem thing a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it's been one thing after another, and somehow you process it, handle it. And yeah, I mean, I going. think I think a lot of times it's a bigger deal outside the locker room than it is in here. We talk about it, we move on, and then people bring it up to us, and we have to talk about it, but. For, for most of us in here, um, 
with the quote-unquote issues or things that happen. We just um, were able to compartmentalize it and move on. And we were talking uh, last Friday in the wake of the James Harrison stuff where everybody sounded off on Wednesday, and then by Friday nobody wanted to talk about James Harrison anymore, uh, including T.J. Watt in the wake of Harrison's Instagram saying, ask T.J. if I, if I helped him out. Yeah. And I went to TJ and, and said, did you see the Instagram? And he said, yes. And I said, well, did he? <laughs> and he said, I don't want to talk about James Harrison. So that, they are trying to move on from that, but that is one way that they have compartmentalized. They, they greet this stuff, Mark Davis Bryant, whatever it is, the national anthem, Antonio Brown flipping out. There's been a number of uh, potentially distracting incidents throughout the year, and they have addressed them and moved on. Another thing that Ben Roethlisberger likes about this year's Steelers team, they are healthier and deeper this time entering the postseason. There's been times in the past, I'm not going to lie, that you, you go into the playoffs and you're like, let's just hope we can get through this game, you know, because you have injuries and you have things going on. And this is one of those years that you're excited about the postseason. If something happened to a Le'Veon in New England or mm-hmm. it happened to Brown the last time you played the Pages, better suited I think to, so. to handle that? Yeah. I mean, look at last week against Houston. I mean, that's a good defense at their place. We didn't have AB. Uh, we put up 30-some points and, and really probably could have been, you know, we – we, we weren't our best, but we were still pretty good, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're equipped to handle that because we've got so many good players. Um, like I said, I think the biggest thing up front is, is the line. If they can stay healthy, then that I, I feel confident that we can overcome pretty much anything. Ben sounds peacefully confident. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Resolute. The confidence definitely resonates there, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If the line stays healthy, we can overcome pretty much anything else. That, that's a hell of a club to have in the bag. And I think you're really starting to see the secondary players who have just really come on during this time. I mean, look at look at what Juju did this year. I mean, to get those kind of numbers in his rookie season what with AB fi- and Le'Veon Bell on the team. And did he finish strong? <sighs> no rookie wall there, right? He's peaking right now. Yeah. He missed two games and still racked up those numbers. Martavis Bryant looks good. Yeah, not great, but reliable as a complimentary guy, which at this point is enough, right? Ridley looks like a, a nice pick up there. Nice, yes, nice Solid. pick up there. Take that, Patriots. Yeah, you need you need just three, four carries a game, but you to keep Bell as fresh as possible and as preserved as possible. Vance McDonald waiting on that all year, right? If he could just stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I think Steely's been doing great. <laughs> Steely. I mean, I mean, he was at the tailgate. He was in postseason form. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Our phones are frozen. Literally. We froze out our phones. We can't get our guests on today. Good news for you. More of us. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Steelers playoff scenario. What's ailing the pens? I got an idea about, about that. Um, they're tired. <laughs> I don't think it's complicated. You think that's it? I I just think it's a yeah. I don't think I mean Latang is, is good. I get the you secondary, know. Speaking of secondary no, guys, it's not tired now. It's bad. Well, if wait, you want to pull that excuse out if you take a dump in the playoffs, it's maybe worth discussing. You shouldn't be tired in October, November, and December. What if it's because you played two years around the clock? What if you're just not hungry anymore? Then belly full.
but they ain't hungry. Yeah, that might be it. Who knows? A lack of hunger. I bl- you know, look, it's all Matt Murray's fault. I mean, if they keep Flurry, they're undefeated right now. Clearly. Dot <laughs> com. DB Morning Show. Thanks to Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. Andy. Thanks, Andy. The Buffalo Bills are in the playoffs, ending <laughs> the biggest uh, drought for postseason berths in sports. That now belongs to the Mariners, uh, who've never even been to the World Series in the, all of their existence. I that that for some reason I didn't didn't know that. I thought they had made it at some point with a Rod, but I guess yeah, they were not. pretty good for a while. Yeah, Ichiro and a Rod, and wasn't Ken Griffey big unit up there at one point? Yeah. So at any rate. Uh, the Bengals beat the Ravens, which sends the Bills to the playoffs. So Bills fans thanked Andy Dalton by donating to his charity. <laughs> the Andy Dalton charity uh, spiked almost $60,000 in donations from Bills fans. They were all donating in increments of $17. <laughs> To commemorate awesome. the 17 season between playoff berths for the Bills. $57,000 in counting, he said on Monday. Last update for the night. I'll update tomorrow. We can't thank y'all enough. Now, Dalton and his wife, Jordan, formed the foundation after he was drafted by the Bengals in 2011 to provide support, resources, opportunities, and life-changing experiences for the seriously ill, physically challenged children and their families. I mean, it sounds like it's a great foundation. Mm-hmm. Slack, you're... Yes. Uh, your Bengals are able to do something good. Well, let me tell you, nobody, and I mean nobody, helps teams get into the postseason or advance in the postseason like the Cincinnati Bengals. Marvin been, Lewis uh, is a great coach. I mean, think of how many teams he's helped get to the playoffs. Right. And he, he he's debating. <laughs> he, he he's He's thinking about his future with the team. Is he? Well, I thought he, he was going to GM. He, need, he needed a day. He needed a day. Apparently, we'll find out today if, if Marvin's back. You know, because when you stink... You get to decide if you uh, if you get to stink some more. So, <laughs> is there a possibility he comes back as a coach? I thought that was out the window. Oh, there's anything's possible. He might quarterback. Yeah, he, he can come he, back. He may, he, he may, he may just take over the team. That was a feel good story there. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that the Bills got into the postseason, but aren't playing at home because I feel like if they had a home game. Several fans would die in the parking lot. <laughs> well, I never want an a, uh, AFC North team in the playoffs that isn't the Steelers. You know, they, never. W- don't want the Ravens in there. Play a team three times in a, in a year is, is tough. Yeah, so I was glad to see that happen. Uh, and oh, I, to devastate the Ravens like that in their place, that was awesome. And I think it'll be really hard for the Jags to beat the Steelers twice, especially at home. I would agree. So that, and that game it, was such a blowout that it just it wasn't like it was a close game that we lost at the end like the the Patriots game. It was just that game was out of hand. I think Ben's going to throw five picks again. I think they're going to run for 200 yards again? No. So we set the uh, the time for that game, not waiting to find out about the opponent, though it'll probably be the Jags. It's a 1 o'clock Sunday game. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One o'clock Sunday. You had a, a brutal 2017 schedule covering the team. The that, wor- that second half was just ridiculous. Yeah, was Four primetime games in a row. I don't want to whine about it because nobody cares, but I'll say this. Uh, working the second Christmas in a row, and this time on the road, 
Christmas Eve, I was in a bar, a hotel bar in Houston. It was me, Bob Labriola, Bill Hillgrove, Greg Rash, our engineer, and Dan Quinlan, our uh, game day producer. And there weren't very many other people in that place. And there was five sad, sorry souls <laughs> did you at sucking least, down their hooch on Christmas Eve. I was going to say, did you at least get hammered? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a jukebox? No. Oh. oh. And there was no football on because the games were ending early. It wasn't a, a night game. Did you guys exchange gifts? No. Oh. But I'll say this. God so you bl- had nothing to gamble on. You had nothing, to, no jukebox to control. Sat there no in, our, in our misery. <laughs> God bless the bartender. Other. I ordered a shot of Maker's. And I was just going to sip it and compliment my beer intake. And she kept coming by and just topping it off. Christmas Eve. Got to do it. I don't think she wanted to be there either. (laughs) No, probably not. Yeah, that was was the low light. But the rest of it's been fascinating. Fascinating from an on-the-field standpoint and an off-the-field standpoint. Great coverage, as always, Mike. Yeah, it's getting good. Well, you get a week off and then back at it. On the 14th of January at Heinz Field. And I'm glad. It, it seems like we're in the midst of a super ridiculous cold spell. Like the low on Friday is supposed to be minus six. So hopefully that'll kind of blow through and we'll get some nice normal 20 degree weather. I don't know. If the Jags come and it's minus six, that can't hurt. Yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't bode well for the Dolphins last year who had to come up and freeze. <laughs> that was super fun. Uh Next hour, we did have Billy Gardell lined up, but we literally have our, our phones have been frozen out today. Not sure what happened. It's chilly. Super chilly. Yeah. Got a hold of them. yeah, so no phones this morning, but lots to get to. As you're planning on going back to the gym today for the first time in 10 years, like this is the year. Uh, quick tip don't. Just stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Put on one of those, like, uh, you know. Sit P- and be fit. Yeah. Sit, yeah <laughs> Put on a sauna belt. A P90X <laughs> video. Just watch and see if it's for you. Ease into it. Yeah, ease into it. Yeah, That's do a all. little tape study. Yeah, just be like, eh, do I want to do this? Before going at it. But if you do do it, I'll tell you about a place in New York that has a unique approach to to 2018 fitness. Val has news next. We'll talk about the four types of jerks that you should avoid. You mean as a verb or a noun? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the norm or not for for millennials that maybe they're just so accustomed to porn. I, I can't imagine having had the ability to look up porn on my phone when I was 21. I would... I'd never leave the house. <laughs> it was so it was so hidden away. It, you know, it was like in the woods in a treehouse. Like, when you were in high school, yeah, someone, someone would have a magazine. You'd be like, "Oh man, can I borrow that?" <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, give it back though. <laughs> but we've kind of gotten off the beaten path a little bit. But it's wait, just, true story though. My <laughs> no buddy, pun intended. My. <laughs> 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 was that where you got the path in the woods yeah. where you went and looked yeah, at the porn? Yeah, the beaten path. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Here it is. Like the giving tree. <laughs> More like the taking tree. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 
Wind chill advisory in effect. A cold day today, at least some sunshine as we go through the course of the day, especially this afternoon. High temperature 15, wind chill below zero much of the day. Low temperature of 5 tonight, then increasing clouds tomorrow up to 24 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 8 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Well, if you are hoping to strike it rich to ring in the new year, Tonight is your chance. Winning either the Powerball or the Mega Millions this week could take care of that. What if you won both? Just doubled up. Oh, my God. It's $343 million on the line for the Mega Millions tonight. Powerball tomorrow, uh, $440 million. Val is one of those people. That Who if fantasizes. She, if she won the lottery, yeah, would be like, I'm, I'm still going to work. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant she would come in here and just... Make Dunk on everybody, yeah. <laughs> no, you... set her office on fire. <laughs> no, she. I, I think you'd be like, nah, I, no, I'm still gonna work. I'm just gonna do nice things. I would not. <laughs> I would be. See you later. Like, oh, m- like yeah. 99.9% of people. No question. See ya. But Val, you're, I think you're in the minority. You're, you... I might still work here. I don't know if I'd want to get up at 3.30 in right. the morning. Right, uh, right. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. There's no need. I would move this entire show to the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Pay them to do it. Right. Everybody switch around to my liking. Oh my, I'm so good at not doing anything. I mean, if the break proved anything to me, it's that. Reading books, watching a little Netflix. Mm-hmm. What's better than that? Good at that. Wearing sweatpants all day for several days. Although I did, like, I had the cabin fever a bit. Really? Like, by the time the, the weekend rolled around where I was down at the improv with Schubert, I was just ready to get out of the house. But it was that weird time where it was so cold, mm-hmm. where it was like, I have the cabin fever and I want to go out, but I don't want to put pants on. Yeah. So is that... I did kind of feel yesterday like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. Not me. Till I the- was making arguments all day about how you should always get the second off. <laughs> <laughs> that it's not enough. That the first is like, that's just as important as New Year's Eve. That's right. a given. Because it's like a holiday. Nothing's right. open. Yeah. There's games on all day. Right. But uh, Is nothing open? I, feel I like don't I- know. The banks weren't. Yeah, government offices are closed. Rite Aid was definitely open because I went in to get milk because so, I didn't have any milk. Uh, I like to put a little in my coffee. Why did you go to Rite Aid for milk? Because it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was driving home after watching the Rose Bowl at a friend's. and uh, up some milk and a belt. Belt. They have some, nice belts there. Glasses. And it was like 20 minutes before they were going to close and it was so cold. I mean, it was just so cold and I felt bad for the, the woman who's like working there and she's working and there's a lady inside the Rite Aid, having a full-blown conversation into her phone on speaker. Oh. And she is like having, and I mean, it's her and her, I think her sister, pretty sure it was her sister, they were talking about mom, so I don't know, it's just going on and on, and I'm like looking at the lady, and I'm look, having the conversation, and then looking at the poor woman behind the register, and she's just shaking her head, and I'm thinking, she must have been here for a while. So I kind of hung out to see how long it would go on. <laughs> it went on, and on, and on. <laughs> Anyways, this lady has uh, bursitis and uh, real bad arthritis, and the cold was making it bad. I bet. But mom was really being a pain in the butt, and they didn't know what to do. <laughs> so then she started shopping and She's reading items out loud, like whoever was on the other line. She's like, all right, this one has. I'm like, oh, my God. There is a headset. 
two aisles over. <laughs> Plug that into your phone. So I think there were there were some people who were stir crazy, straight crazy. Being in the grocery store over the holidays reinforced my idea that there should be a limit on how many people you can take with you to the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you mean should, like it's not you a babysitting should, center? Well, they have a babysitter at the grocery store. Yeah, they do. A lot of them do. The Eagles You drop nest. your girls there? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for awesome. sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You should be allowed to take one other person with you. And, and then it. I go out. Not you know, I don't five. go shopping. No, I, I just drop them off there and yeah. <laughs> go see a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell. be back. Giant Eagle is free babysitting. Sit tight. Yeah. They never say anything about having a shop there. It's not like you have to show a receipt at the end of it. <laughs> Recreational marijuana is now legally available in California. I saved this for nine because I thought Billy would be on <laughs> since he lives in California. He could talk about it maybe. But doors swung open yesterday morning at dispensaries across the state for people 21 and older. People are not allowed to smoke pot in public and anyone caught driving and smoking will face a DUI. One major California city which does not have any pot shops at the moment is is Los Angeles, where the application process is stalled. A jump in marijuana prices could happen due to a 15% special tax and the state's 8% sales tax. Local governments are also allowed to put a special tax on pot. I would guess that will not hinder sales. <sighs> not at all. No. I know Pennsylvania's uh, medicinal marijuana. Did you see the article yesterday? About of, of the gun ownership? Yeah. Yeah. How does that even... Uh... I don't understand it. I what don't it? understand how it's constitutional. That if you own it a gun, you be. cannot. No, if you or either way. Yeah, you can't have a gun and a medicinal marijuana license in Pennsylvania. Like, yes. How does that not infringe you, on your rights? You can be involuntarily committed to a psych hospital and go buy a gun, but if you the inst the example they used was if you use med medical marijuana to treat Crohn's disease, you can't have a gun. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Hopefully, they'll get it figured out. I don't know. You know, it wasn't like Pennsylvania was going to all of a sudden become the leading. Yeah. Like the example. at the forefront of this. No, I mean, we're, we're still a bunch of Quakers who stumble into everything after everybody else said it's OK. But, but at least we're the there. Tactics are yes. that, that they Baby say, steps. oh, if you legalize it, this will happen. Those states where it's happened and, and all those things haven't occurred. It's only a matter of time before states just start saying, like, this is financially irresponsible right. at this point not for us not it. to do this agreed this, the state with the most people also has the most ufo sightings in the nation people in california reported 490 ufo sightings last year and that was and before they legalized right pot. i don't know if that will <laughs> increase the number it's gonna but triple Florida was second with 308, followed by the state of Washington, Arizona, and New York. The National UFO Reporting Center recorded 4,655 sightings in 2017. Val, correct me if I'm wrong. I took a Twitter break for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I just tried to stay away from just the news. I was just trying to let the world, uh, you know, revolve I did as a it does. Bit too, yeah. Like, Good I don't for need you. to, I don't need to be on top of all that and driving myself crazy. That's but healthy. I, uh, yeah, it's so unhealthy when you get back into it. It's like, oh, I felt like I started smoking again, you know? <laughs> but the, uh, the news about the UFOs that the government released. Uh, I feel like that was a long time ago. Yeah, but shouldn't that have been a big, really huge deal? No? <laughs> Probably not They now. basically released the X-Files, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so there was no other fallout. I wasn't wrong. I didn't see. No, I don't. I thought maybe I just missed uh, the big national discussion about that. But no, I don't that's think. Uh, things are so crazy in the world right now that the admission of UFOs didn't make a big splash. No. Okay. There's an alien that just got named the ambassador in uh, South Korea. <laughs> He's fantastic. You yeah. love him. I think it plays golf seven days a week. <laughs> the path to peace is clear. Well, wouldn't it be great if 2018 is better than 2017? The odds of that happening improve in a big way if you do a better job of avoiding jerks. Well, a professor at Stanford University has spent the last decade, decade, studying Jerking. Jerks. Oh. <laughs> and has identified four different types. I would say there are probably a lot more, but he's only pinpointed four. The jerk store called. <laughs> <laughs> he says you should do your best to avoid these jerks in the coming months. The Machiavellian. It's all about self-interest and personal gain. These people don't hide from their jerk-like behavior. The backstabber. This kind of jerk. Snake in the grass. Yes, a little more strategic. Not, Fredo. Yes. The purposefully oblivious. This person acts as if they don't know someone when they actually do. By pretending to not know, they give themselves permission to be a jerk because there's not a personal relationship at stake. And the clueless jerk. This person honestly doesn't realize they're acting horrible and jerk-like unless it's pointed out to them. <laughs> it's like you just described singularly each one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's your circle. That is my right peer there. group. Your circle jerks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I hate being introduced to somebody like more than three or four times and they don't know who I am or yeah. my name. It's like, look, dude, I I don't care this much. I don't care to know you, but it's, are you a psychopath? How do you not know who I am at this point? Uh, I just have a person... Uh, people that I'm just like I'm just cut off from meeting you. I'm I'm cut off from being introduced to you. I now am aggressively avoiding you. Yeah, I've had people say that to me though. Like we've met, mm. you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so I'm, well, there's that. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. You know, no offense. And like, well, how do I not be offended? I don't know by not telling me. <laughs> right? Like, can you be offended by yourself? And not bring me into this. You're going to feel the same way about me either way. Do you, uh, do you guys get travel constipation? <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend who was, uh, she worked for USA for a long time. She told me she's like, big secret to the airline industry. She's like, none of us poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be a real bear if you're traveling during the holidays. Experts say there are three reasons why it can be harder to go when you're not at home. First, your schedule and your diet completely change. change. Yeah. You're more likely to eat foods you're not used to when you're traveling, which can screw up your gut and slow th things down. And around the holidays, a lot of cheese can be a factor. <laughs> a lot of meat and cheese trays. A lot of blockage. Yes. I just want to say that people have gotten really good at doing that buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> they have Because everywhere I went, there was an awesome one. Like oh, and you the got Frito scoops <laughs> oh, dude, are the no. perfect chip. You're right. Mm -hmm. It's flawless. The pairing is just how did that not always exist? <laughs> it's like they should give you a Frito fork to eat chili.
<laughs> uh, traveling, really traveling itself can screw up Good your idea. sleep patterns, which when, can also mess with your digestive system and affect how fast your food moves through your gut. So just traveling in general. And subconsciously, you just don't feel as safe in unfamiliar bathrooms. I don't care about that. So it's harder to relax and let things flow, but that can change suddenly when you get home. Studies have found familiar sights, sounds, and smells in your home can flip a switch in your brain and make you regular again. I'm the exact opposite. advantage. When I travel, I have no self, like... You can poop in other people's houses? (laughs) I mean... It's a very personal (laughs) question, If I have to. No, I mean when I'm traveling, like in in an airport or something like that, I don't care. I don't have to look at those uh, people in the eye in the kitchen later. You know, it's not like it works. See, women are different. I, I think you don't go and let you don't go number two unless it's an emergency. Dude, in a, public. A dude's bathroom at an airport sounds like the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra <laughs> warming up. <laughs> <laughs> Only the horn section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know women are just different. No. When you, if you walk into a ladies' room and there's a cloud in there, I just want to say, I'm sorry you're going through that. <laughs> oh, my friend told me she took her daughter into the bathroom <laughs> this week, and there's only one other stall, and a, a woman was just defiling it, <laughs> and she she walked in, and her daughter's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it smells so bad in here." <laughs> She's like, shh, uh, quiet. Uh, didn't your mother do that? Yeah, we went into a, it was a two-stall bathroom. She went in one, I went in the other, and I was finished first. And the fan was super loud in the bathroom. <laughs> she didn't hear somebody come in. And she said, oh, my laxative's really starting to work. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. That is I right. I left her hanging in there. Like, I don't know who that woman is. She's talking to herself. I don't know who you're talking to, lady. <laughs> I didn't give her any laxatives. <laughs> oh, my. Well, what was it like for Slash to be speaking to Axl Rose again after nearly 20 years of silence? Uh, the Guns N' Roses guitarist shared his memories of finally breaking the ice on the final episode of Six Sense. That's Nikki Six's radio show. According to Slash, their first conversation was over the phone while he was on the road in Peru. They got together when he returned home to L.A. He said it was very cathartic and to, to physically talk to each other, he said, because there's that bond that you have that's never broken. And then what happens is the bond makes the negative side of it that much worse because you're forced out of it. As for the first reunion show at the Troubadour in West Hollywood, Slash called it just effing awesome, and it just snowballed from there. Uh, that was 18 months ago. Slash admits he never thought it would last this long. He says if you had talked to him 20 months ago, he would have said, no effing way, it's never going to happen. But it did, and it was effing awesome. Carrie Underwood says she may never look the same after getting between 40 and 50 stitches in her face. In a year-end letter to her fans, the country music superstar said she had to get the stitches after she took a bad fall in November. That's the same accident that caused her to break her wrist. She says she may never look the same again, but she's thankful that she really is going to be okay. So this story, like when I first read it, you know, the, the cynic in me who's heard this PR spin on stuff forever is like, oh, she had plastic surgery. And right. it went bad, like Jennifer Grace. She tripped, mm-hmm. fell, and, and got so a nose she's job. making up an excuse. But that's a little too specific. <laughs> Forty stitches in your face is a lot. Yeah, 
I don't remember this being a news story back then. What, what I, did she fall it, off a stage or something? No, I think she fell at home. She, I remember the story about her breaking her wrist, and I think she had to cancel the rest of her tour. Uh, or several dates, but that w- wasn't revealed that she had all those stitches. That's a new, a new development or a new release of the story. So sunny today, 15, but wind chills will make it feel like it's below zero. The wind chill advisory continues into tomorrow. Five degrees overnight tonight. It's seven at DVE. All right, everybody's gonna you know do their you know January second on new health initiative. That's how it always starts. So the gyms are always packed today. <laughs> packed. Um, so for the regulars who go back, it's annoying because somebody's occupying every machine and every, you know, treadmill, et cetera. But good news is, is that usually drops off dramatically by the by end of the, the week, second, second week of yeah. January. Yeah. But one gym in New York is doing something a little bit different. Clothes free workouts. That's right. Naked fitness at Hanson Fitness in New York, <laughs> all right? Awful. That's a They're bad offering idea. 3 buck naked classes. <laughs> all right. Uh Harry Hanson, owner Harry. of Hanson. Oh, I'm sorry, Harry Hanson? <laughs> I'm sorry, your Hanson's too hairy to work out here. You're going to have to shave your Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's, no, that's what they build up to. The shaved Hanson. <laughs> oh. Everybody comes in, it's the it's new a- year. We're all a bunch Hansen's of hairy. A little hairy. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Harry Hansen has to say. He sounds like a very legitimate guy. Our approach makes sure our members get and stay in the absolute best shape. And our new naked personal fitness sessions are no exception. This new development brings with it a range of fitness and health benefits that allows our members to have a little cheeky fun in the process. Here's, you know, here's the thing. I take alcohol and wipe down my phone every time I'm in the gym. Right. You know, when I come back from the gym, if I had my phone in there, if I was listening to a podcast, I wipe it down. Yeah. Because I'm thinking that, like, I'm that nervous of my phone contracting. Degrease. Right. I mean, come on! You can't just have raw Buckeyes rolling around in the <laughs> raw Buckeyes. Nobody wants to see that. That can't downward be good. facing. What potential health hammock. benefit could there be? None from working out without clothes. The ancient Greeks performed nude workouts. Oh, really? Well, well, they didn't have spandex, did they? <laughs> no, right? They probably they didn't were have like cross training shoes. Boy, I really w- wish that uh, you know. George had uh, some tights. <laughs> Can you put your robe back on, George? Mm. They wore, what are those little, uh, what do they call them? Togas? Yeah, like that. Uh, <laughs> My workout toga. <laughs> uh, but it's got to be, I, I, it's like mixed classes. It's like guys and girls. But who would go to that? Why would you even uh, yeah, do that? What? You got to be in real good shape. Is it my gym? Even then. <sighs> no way. There's what a, what are the classes? Uh, it's like a nude yoga class. Which I mean, again, I mean, come on. You're doing some stretching that <laughs> would not be right. real if, attractive. Right. If the air conditioning's on too strong. <laughs> well, no, if it's Bikram, oof. The hot that, stuff? That that could be uh that could get real messy. No, thanks. I'm not doing that. What's uh-uh. your you're you're doing yoga, you're doing all restore restoration type yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm right? trying anything, man. Trying anything. I'm with you. I screwed up. I've already, I'm a lost cause. Learn from me. 
<laughs> uh, everything's going to break. Yoga. Yoga you got to do. Doing the cryo. Cryo's the best. Love the cryo. Although, in this weather, you just go stand outside right. for a little bit and, and you're with fine. With no clothes on. That's right. That's right. At that gym in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do. Walk up the street. No, but the thing is, is you can't go to the gym today and think you're going to knock out the holidays in one workout. Right. Again. Yeah. He's you, in. You got to work up to it. Oh, there's going to be. Oh, I, I love seeing today at the gym. It's going to be a bleep of, show in there. Cold muscles. Ah, a lot of people working out in their jeans. <laughs> first first day in the gym, pulled hammy on the pup list, and that's when it just falls apart. Oh, yeah. So, to, you know, take it easy. But Maybe just ride the incumbent bike. Is that, no, recumbent bike. <laughs> the incumbent bike. <laughs> that's what the sitting president uses. I'm not ride, the, ride. ride the cumberbent. <laughs> the Cumberbatch bike. Just run the, just run with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Mike has sports when we return. Steelers get the bye week, and they play a 1 o'clock Sunday game against uh, most likely the Jaguars if they beat the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. They'll play the highest-ranked team left after this coming weekend's slate of playoff games. Full report next. D- Tom. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is here. Fill you in on what's happening. Sports on DVE. Sports is are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Steelers are getting ready to watch the NFL postseason unfold during their bye week to start things off. Steelers earning that first round bye in the number two seed in the AFC. On Saturday, it's going to be Tennessee at Kansas City at 420, followed by Atlanta at Los Angeles at 815. Boy, is that an intriguing game. It really is. Sunday, Buffalo at Jacksonville at 105, followed by another intriguing game, Carolina at New Orleans at 440. The Eagles. That's another division game. That's the third time they've seen each other this year. Two pretty good teams, too. Oh, yeah. The NFC has a lot of sneaky good teams. Uh, On Saturday, January 13th, uh, Philadelphia and New England will host games. The Eagles at 435 and the Patriots at 815. And then on Sunday, January the 14th, the Steelers host in the second round at 105, and Minnesota will be a host at 440. Uh, the Steelers- I'm actually shocked the Steelers didn't get the late game on Sunday. So am I, but I'll take it. Although, if you notice the way that's set up, the Patriots are playing on Saturday the 13th, and the Steelers are playing on Sunday the 14th, and we all know what that means. We're we've spotting we've those. spotted those a-holes 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> so there's that. Got to work around that. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger of the opinion that the Steelers are much better positioned this postseason. One of the reasons why is Roethlisberger thinks they are better equipped to handle injury along the way. As long as one of those injuries isn't suffered by Alejandro Villanueva, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster, or Marcus Gilbert. Here's Ben on the Steelers' prospects last week. There's been times in the past, though, I'm not going to lie, that you, you go into the playoffs and you're like, let's just hope we can get through this game, you know, because you have injuries and you have things going on. And this is one of those years that you're excited about the postseason. If something happened to a Le'Veon in New England or mm-hmm. it happened to Brown the last time you played the Pages, better suited? I to- think so. 
to handle that. Yeah, I mean, look at last week against Houston. I mean, that's a good defense at their place. We did have AB. Uh, we put up 30-some points and, and really probably could have been, you know, we, we we weren't our best, but we were still pretty good, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're equipped to handle that because we've got so many good players. Um like I said, I think the biggest thing up front is, is the line. If they can stay healthy, then that I, I feel confident that we can overcome pretty much anything. Now, there's no official timetable on Antonio Brown, but Le'Veon Bell said in Houston after the Steelers had beaten the Texans on Christmas Day that Antonio Brown was coming back. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% sure. I, I, I don't know when, but I know he's going to be back um, You know, for the playoffs just by the way you know, I know how, how he works, and I know – there's nothing that's gonna hold him out of the playoffs. If he's, if they told him timetable was three or whatever, four weeks, he's gonna try to make it quicker than it actually is. You know, he kind of like how I am when I get injured. You know, and um, he's been working hard, and you know, and I, I know he'll be back. So I'll take that for what it's worth. I would, you know, Le'Veon Bell's not a doctor, but I would assume he is uh, very interested in Brown's status as you know one of the fellow stars on offense, and right. he would be keeping up to speed with Antonio Brown. I don't know whether to interpret that more as like. Uh, you know, just like no, no, like we're badasses. Offense is going to come through. Yeah, AB is the best. He'll be there. Like as much as it is. Yeah, I talked to the doctors. Everything's cool. Yeah, the way the way <laughs> we definitely had, didn't talk to the doctors. <laughs> if, if the context means anything, the way we were going there is uh, the discussion was about how Bryant and Rogers and Juju Smith-Schuster had stepped up without Brown. Right and. and Bell was saying, you know, when when AB comes back, those guys are going to be better for this experience, and they'll be yeah. more confident. And I said, well, you're sure he's coming back, and then that's when he went. So, for what it's worth, uh, interesting development uh, on Sunday in that regular season finale in an otherwise meaningless game against Cleveland. The Steelers got six sacks, and that pushed the season total to 56, and that broke the franchise record. They had 55 in 1994, and again in 2001 and uh, Cam Hayward wasn't a part of what went on in Sunday's game he was one of the healthy scratches but uh, he said afterward that he thinks they're in a pretty good position going into the postseason as the number two seed in part because they can rush the passer it was a collective effort by a a lot of different guys and um, you know we're just going to gear up for this playoff run you know I think it's it's perfect for us Uh, you know, nobody's expecting us because we're not the number one, and um, we're just ready to play football now. Cam, what's that single-season sacks record mean to you? means a lot. Uh, a lot of great defenses have come in here and never done that. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a congratulations to, you know, uh, the whole group. You know, um, not one guy. Uh, you guys, you guys got like, you guys, we have guys like uh, Vince Williams, Stephon Tuitt, um, you know, Tyson, uh, Bud, TJ, you know, this is a collective effort. Uh, Jay Von Hargrave, Jay Wobble, you know, the original nose, uh, you know, the guy that uh, doesn't get a lot of credit, but, you know, does a hell of a job. But, uh, you know, it's a collective effort. Everybody contribute to this. Um, and we like it that way, you know. They can't just double one person. Um, and we can, hopefully we can take it into the playoffs and set some new records. They had 15 guys contribute. To those 56 sacks. Uh, it's incredible. How many did James Harrison get? One. One. You got one. Cam was leading the way with 12. Sean, how many did Stephon to it? He had to- Sean Davis and uh, LJ Fort got their first in the Browns game. They pushed the number to 15. To it only had three. Yeah. 
Missed some time early. Vince uh, had at least eight. He had eight. T.J. Watt, seven. Bud Dupree, six. Mike Hilton, four. Tyson Alualu, four. Chicolo, three. Two at three. Hargrave, two. Walton, two. And then Davis Harrison, Fort, Spence, and Hayden all with one apiece. So that is that is the one area. They would have a better pass rush with Ryan Shazier, but they're still pretty good without him in that category, in that aspect of their defense. Uh, not as good in coverage, not as good against the run without him, but if they can rush the passer and get sacks and or turnovers at the right times, they can play winning defense in the postseason. They were doing it so well against Cleveland in that regular season finale. Joe Hayden said they were even uh, improvising in the second half, and that was working. We usually don't do the corner blitzes too much. Uh, that's something that we just we didn't even practice it this week, but we just started throwing it in there in the second half. So um, that's just good with everybody still knowing it wasn't in the game plan, but just knowing the calls. Yeah. Communicate as best you can. Figure out what you're trying to do without Shazier. And do what you can. And hopefully the offense keeps the pedal down. And that's how you beat New England this, you know, the next time is 35-31, something like that, right? Get a, get a key stop. Kind of the way uh, Georgia was playing Oklahoma yesterday. Just trading scores. Get the, But get the key stop the, the second half when they were down, what was it, 14. And they got a couple of stops to start the third quarter, and that got them back in the game. How dumb was the squib, the onside? At the end well, of they half. weren't trying to kick it to the 50. They just hit the guy. So kick it deep so that doesn't happen. Well, did you see that guy returning punts? Yeah. They wanted to have it rolled about the 25. It just didn't, you know, things happen. Yeah, that happened. And then Clark Kent went out and nailed a 55-yarder. How about that? That was a very entertaining football game. He almost really was. biffed the extra point to tie it to send it to overtime. Almost. He leaned forward. Could have been called for a false start, I thought. I See, we had that debate. I think their kickers are allowed to start their approach before the snap. Then he shouldn't have been called. But I could be wrong about that. So could I. <laughs> what are the, the gold shoulder pads, the savage shoulder pads that that dude was wearing? Is that no. like the, the turnover chain? That's not so. Did you see Paul Christ from Wisconsin? He was caught mouthing uh, turnover chain my effing <laughs> backside. <clears throat> Did the coach from Miami lose his mind and like... Woody Hayes, a, cu- a ref or something? Touched one, yeah. 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 Well, that's not Woody Hayes. He didn't punch your long-lost cousin or anything. Yeah, Charlie Bauman, the uh, linebacker, Clemson. No relation? No relation. That'd be a cool thing Same to have. Same name in- as my brother. That'd be a cool thing to have in your family lineage. Woody Hayes punched. My third cousin got punched in the face by Woody Hayes, and it ended uh, Woody Hayes' career. And ended Woody Hayes' career. <laughs> it's a good way for Woody Hayes to go out. Perfect. It was, it, it was very Woody Hayes. Yeah. Much like Bob Knight and all the authoritarian sports figures. Go out in, dis- in, in complete disgrace. <laughs> well, it depends how you look at it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Hard to go. He's the guy I want my son to be tutored by. To play for? To, yeah, for four years. He punches. He's the guy who I want to throw a chair at my son. Better, pun- better pun- them than Rick Patino. Some of these crooked, greasy crazy college basketball coaches. Is he the Syracuse guy? Who's the Syracuse guy? Did that was Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim. Oh. 
forever. Rick Pitino's the guy that uh, has sex for nine seconds, apparently. I don't know. Remember that? Jim Beheim is um, Richie Rich's dad. <laughs> uh, all right, quick break. We're going to come back, and I'll tell you about a new app for your iPhone. Is anybody else's iPhone moving at, like, molasses speed after oh, the new- you get Oh, mo- you get money for that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. You, like, you heard about $29. That. Apple, oh, really? Apple is, uh, there's like a trillion dollar lawsuit against Apple because they purposely slowed down the older iPhones. Yeah. Where's my uh, 29 bucks? Yeah, probably have to go spend 150000 to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> $29 off your new $900 iPhone. It is the DV Morning Show. There's a new iPhone app that lets fellas test their sperm count. Um. <laughs> now, without going into too much detail, it, Thank you. it comes with an attachment, I'm, I'm hoping. Yes. This is FDA approved. It's $60. It's the YO. FDA approved. YO home sperm test. It's available on Amazon right now. For the low price of fifty nine bucks. Now here's what you do. Uh, much you- like a fertility clinic, you basically provide it's like, a sample. Provide a sample, and then what it does is it teaches you how to be the technician for everything that happens afterwards, and that requires doing a couple things with the sample, which eventually ends up in putting it on the this thing they provide, which is a, uh, a slide, okay, this test slide, and there's a clip that goes on your phone, so it will read the slide oh. like a microscope. And then it will the camera, your camera, will then take a super zoomed-in video of the sample, and you'll know in just a few short moments if your sperm concentration is, uh, if you're a virile, Fella, if you got some Michael Phelps in there, or if you, uh, you know, had your laptop burning on your uh, scrote on your scrote for too <laughs> your long, scrote. <laughs> if, if your phone's been too it's close to your words. yam bag, <laughs> now if you're feeling uh, grossed out about the fact that this is going to come close to your cell phone, well, hey. They Which say, goes look, up if to you your face, they say if you follow the instructions, it won't even. It's not, you know. No cross-contamination? Nothing. All right? I wouldn't no. tell anybody about that. Now, it the creators of the app say, hey, they're trying to get more men to test their sperm and detect potential problems early on, especially since there's a very serious and very real infertility crisis going on at the moment. Did you know that? There's an infertility crisis. No. No. Well, not with you, Crawford. But <laughs> I know. I used an app. Her name was Serena. And uh turns out we were both pretty fertile. There you go. Yeah. Both, both hopping. <clears throat> Um, by the way, yeah, my mom got one of those Alexa things for Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was, she was like, oh, can you set it up for me? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, do you understand what's, what this thing is? She's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I need to tell you that before I just, you know, set it up. Cause somebody else got it for her. And I told her, and, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go through all the setting it up. Cause I, she's just going to argue with this yeah. thing all damn day. It'll talk back to her. So I said, it listens to you when you're not talking to it. She's like, huh? Now, at first, I think she was like, oh, I wish my kids were more like Alexa. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm describing what it does. And she's like, this sounds kind of wonderful. And then I tell her it's going to try to sell her stuff and that it's listening in on her conversations and that whatever she's talking about is now going to pop up in her 
you know, in the cookies, whatever website she's on. And I said, so for instance, if you're talking about, you know, some brand of peanut butter you like, all of a sudden, boom, it's going to show up and uh, tell you, hey, you can uh, buy it from Amazon and you will have never even asked to search that. And it freaked her out so much. She's like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I was like, good. I don't want to set it up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the the video on the internet of the Italian woman screaming at the Google's version of Alexa? No. She's trying. She keeps saying, hey, Google, Google. And she can't, like, she says, hey, Google. And then you have to say, you know, there's, right. a, there's a cadence in which you're supposed to address the right. machine. And this woman just can't figure it out. She just keeps saying, Google. Hey, Google. It seems like <laughs> such a perfect thing when Aaron Rodgers is talking to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not. They're the worst. They're really dumb. They're a pain in the ass. Hey, Alexa, beat the Patriots. <laughs> hey, Alexa, tell uh, Roger Goodell to finally give James Harrison a real thorough steroid test. <laughs> yeah. Develop an app for that. Develop an app for that for whatever, for whatever Tom Brady is doing to cheat the system. I love Patriot fans hate when you say that. He cheats. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. I just don't know how. Voodoo. It's because he doesn't eat mushrooms. He's like uh, sold his soul to the devil. Bill, what was the uh, best uh, Christmas gift the girls got this year? Um, Probably I, I did a big like surprise playroom for them. And did a big reveal. Whoa. And so that yeah, was that, that was probably up. the their funnest little moment Impressive. getting to walk into that room. And just, I got them like this play camper thing and I got them, I'm trying to inspire them to, you know, take more adventures and go camping and stuff like that. So I got them some walkie talkies nice. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. A- Emma cried Christmas morning Aww. and it was pretty funny. Like happy cry? No. Oh. No. Oh. Like, uh, she was excited. this wasn't on my list. Oh. Okay. And I was like, oh man, Santa ate a big one. It was so funny. <laughs> Santa just biffed. <laughs> I got my nephew the BB-8 uh, oh, robot. Awesome. It's awesome. That thing is so yeah, cool. That thing is great. My my nephew has that. I pretty much played it the whole time. It was really impressive for me. It came in handy when mm-hmm. we were snowed in. But it was just he just uses it to sm- he likes smashing it into walls and then, and I'm I'm like it's expensive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like don't do that. And to him, that's the fun of it. How fast oh, yeah. can I get it going before I smash it into something? Oh, yeah. My, Emma has a, uh, a remote control car as well that can run over all types of stuff. She was going crazy with that. <laughs> and then it just becomes a fight. You know, they're, they're teasing each other with it. I want that. She's not sharing. Yeah. Christmas devolves. We laughed. We cried. Hey, at least I can't you- stand them. I'm happy to be away from them. I love them dearly. <laughs> happy to be back at work. I didn't even see much of the Steelers game on Christmas Day. Lucky you. That was a pretty good game, though. It's my kind of game. It's not competitive. Right. Which is why it was my kind of game. That's right. It was a Crawford. Yeah. It was a Crawford. Phil doesn't like those back and forth really exciting games. He likes 34 to 6. Ben will go 20 days without playing. Ooh. Cam Hayward said, ah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't At this matter. point in the season, isn't that more valuable, Mike? Recovery. Well, They're still practicing. Not exposing them to injury to, for the one in a hundred thousand chance that the Jets had of beating New England. 
You're going to risk Ben's knee in the game against Cleveland? Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, they you risk Landry's knee. That's, <laughs> that's what you right. do. Josh Dobbs. Your knees look good. Get out there. Well, the Browns are 0 16. The Steelers are 3 and uh, 13 and 3. I, seriously, because it's Cleveland. I thought he was a pretty good coach before he took that job, and I would assume if he gets fired, he would go somewhere else at least as a offensive coordinator. coordinator and do some good work and maybe be a head coach again somewhere. How do you go one and thirty-one in two years and keep your job? And it's not like they stick with coaches. I mean, they fire no. coaches all the time. What the hell's one more? By the way, uh, BA retires this time for real. The Rooney's didn't make him do it, and. Yeah, not forced. Well, not that we know. <laughs> but where do the where do the Cardinals go for our coach? Right back to Pittsburgh again. Sniffing around Munchak, right? For crying out loud! Stop sniffing my Munchak. They're like we're like the host for them. Their virus is that the right analogy? They just keep feeding off us. Well, a bunch of uh, ex Steelers coaches got the gate yesterday too. They're our parasitic twin. There nope, you go. No more John Fox in Chicago. Nope. Uh, Dom Capers got whacked as Green Bay's defensive coordinator. Right. Uh, Marvin Lewis is is he coming Up back or end, is right. he not? Is there another one? No. Caldwell got it. Probably Detroit. some today. Tough racket. Well, I'd like to hold on to Munchak, though. I'd rather he didn't go. Munchak is incredibly valuable. Yeah. I'd rather he didn't go become a head coach. Same with Haley. Me I know too. a lot of people have problems with, with Haley, but uh, I'm a fan. 13-3 and three is why. Yeah. Well, Carl Banks, a guy who does the Giants radio, former linebacker yeah. for them, he has been on Twitter for about three weeks since the Giants made their move, uh, blowing Todd Haley's horn. Uh-oh. He thinks Todd Haley's the answer to the apparent regression of Odell Beckham. Really? For what it's worth. Well, I mean, hmm. look what he's done with uh, A.B., and Juju, by the way, the uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, the first since Antonio Brown's in 2010. I didn't realize it. Th- that was the first time Antonio Brown touched the ball as a pro. I didn't realize that either. Oh, wow. It was also the Steelers' first good return in recent memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's pull out all the stops. Let's get to Minnesota. Let's go right through James Harrison, Bill Belichick, the Patriots are beatable. We can beat them. There's no question. Both of those we are both of those are true statements. Can beat them. Just gotta figure out um how Gronk. To... Gronk is an issue. That maybe don't throw it to Kobe Hamilton and <laughs> Sammy Coates this time. Stay healthy. Yeah. Stay healthy. Or Jesse James and DHB. Which is what happened at home. Hey. That game's gone. It's in the past. All right. We caught up with 17 days of trying to figure out what the hell just happened. <laughs> and we're back tomorrow on the show. Hopefully our phones will work. And we'll have uh, Merrill Hodge on, uh, Mark Madden also in studio. He has been tearing up James Harrison on his show. Uh, and maybe we'll even try to get Billy on. I texted back and forth with Billy today. We were sad we couldn't have him on because of our phone issues. Could you get Same him, with call Cam a cell phone and then hold it up to the... I, I We've ne- done that before. Yeah, we have done that before. I can't remember who. Doesn't it was. sound like a real technically <laughs> no advanced. Yeah, 
That's a college radio station. Yeah. <laughs> Roethlisberger's who we did that with. Ah, that's right. Remember? We were upstairs in the performance studio, oh, sitting right. around a round it. table. That's right. <laughs> Good thing we weren't talking about Jacksonville, otherwise the call might have been intercepted. All right, that's enough. Just positive thoughts going forward, people. Nah, that, that's not happening again. The no way. first electric he, lunch. He played really well down the stretch. Yeah, he did. That's another reason if you're a Steelers fan, you should be excited. 2018's electric he's, lunch coming up next. He's right where he needs to be. I agree. I'm just saying, everything everybody bitched about all year. Yeah, is, you know, yeah it all sort of worked itself out, didn't it? it Except the beating the Patriots thing. Right. Which, uh, you know, you could argue they did. Nah, you really can't. I can. I mean, I will. Yeah. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. So now you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.